You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Why can't they pod just like everybody else? What kind of question is that? Magpod for life. 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 Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box, a nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pit. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. And I am refreshed because... Mm. I am consuming a beverage, John, that you Ooh. brought up. Yeah. Was it was it last week or was it two weeks ago? I think it was ago? last week. Was it last Who knows? week? What is time? But yeah. What is time? Uh, no matter. Um, so the you talked about the jalapeno limeade from Trader Joe's. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, I need to go and snag some of that. So I promptly went out to my local trader joe's and picked mm-hmm. up a couple bottles of the jalapeno limeade well done um i texted you like the moment i saw it on the end cap i was like oh, <laughs> shit. i was so yeah. ready so i snagged a couple of those and then i went uh because minnesota is um ridiculous we don't sell liquor in grocery stores it has to be an adjacent has to be an adjacent establishment, like a separate building, you know, because hey man, you can buy booze on Sundays there now. That was not I the know, life I know. Up. It's a <laughs> drive to Wisconsin for that shit. I know. Yeah. This was like this was like what less than five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That you couldn't buy alcohol on Sundays. But anyway, right. so any grocery store that you see in in uh in Minnesota, inev- invariably there's going to be a liquor store right next door to it. Right. Um but Trader Joe's, they sell, they have their own private label stuff. And so they have like in this, it's so, it's so pathetic because it's literally in the like, same building. Yeah, you walk like two feet. You have to like walk down the hall to right. a separate uh, uh, room that has all the alcohol. But I went in there and I got, uh, I was, I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll get some tequila. Cause I talked about tequila doing, throwing in that. Cause it's just like a be like a makeshift spicy marg Mm -hmm. and then i was like wait a second Mm. is that some mezcal right there yeah it certainly was so i picked up the results and and it's great if you like that smoky mezcal and and a little bit of heat it's not it's not spicy you know for us um spice daddies you know we don't we (laughs) we we like a little bit of heat we're not overwhelmed by right uh but it's it's it definitely has in the back of your throat just a little bit you could tell there's some heat to it but like right. it's not there's no there's no tongue burning there's right there's none of that but um yeah. i i and i dropped in a little little cointreau in there to get a little bit of more nice. orange citrusy flavors Ooh. but it's good i've yeah, been man. making these i've been making these for the past few days hell yeah that sounds as classier it's gotten, as it's gotten warmer and sitting right, outside right. it's outstanding that sounds classier than than versions of you know one-step cocktails i've attempted with that um 
I'm also feeling refreshed. I love how our podcast is half sort of like a consumer <laughs> product uh, endorsements that nobody's paying us for. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but I've got an orange vanilla polar seltzer Ooh. here, which somebody, I think, I believe it was a Patreon punk had, had recommended. Um, and it's delicious. And, you know, I think you could pour some, some vodka in there maybe and uh, have a good time, mm. but I'm just, I'm just straight up water tonight. So. I am going anyway. to look and see if I can uh, find who mentioned who mentioned it. Uh, yeah, you were you. <laughs> was it? I thought it was Sawyer, and then maybe Caleb, but I don't think either of them did. So anyway, if you yeah. recommended the orange vanilla, you you holler at us. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, we're 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 blowing it. But yeah, that's we still got to get that um, that parched parched madness. Yeah, man. It'll happen. Going. It'll go, but it's going to, it's going to go. Um, do you know what else was refreshing in a different way? What's that? Yesterday I got to hang out with um, friends of the pod, Brian Nelson Phelan and Mark Atkinson. Nice. And I hugged Mark for the first <laughs> time in over a year last uh-huh. night. Uh, did you, know, you take in his musk? You know, I did. <laughs> Um, no, he's he's you know and it was i uh it was an aggressive hug on my on my part <laughs> uh he's like should we do this and i was just like i wasted no time i was just like you know just leaned into it and i was just like oh gosh just hugging the novelty of hugging somebody like it yeah. just seems like the most normal thing in the world right but- yeah when i see you i'm in a scorpion style go come here <laughs> And pull you in. Um, yeah, we, the reason I'm not drinking booze tonight is because we just came from our friend's house uh, and I hugged them and we had a couple beers outside and I saw some other friends last weekend and hugged them and had family over after that. It's just been like a week of first time hugs and hangs in a year. So, oh, oh man, pretty great. Yeah. And we um, getting that CDC mask mandate. Yeah. Um, adjusted. Um, I have a, I have mixed feelings yeah, about yeah. it. You know, like I'm, I'm somebody who wants to follow the science and what the science says. And um, I just, you know, my concern is like, I mean, the people that, you know, this is like relating to like people who are vaccinated. That's like the qualifications, like, if you're vaccinated, it's safe. They're saying right. it's safe to be essentially indoors without a mask. But you know, like this still <laughs> is going to negatively impact people who haven't been vaccinated. And right. you know, of course, I don't want people who aren't wearing masks and aren't vac- vaccinated. I don't want them to get sick. But I just feel like it would have been a better course of action. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not in public health, so maybe this is baseless, but I would assume like if we were closer to reaching herd immunity, then that might be the time right. to do it. But I'm, I, I'm yeah. not, I don't have any thing to base that on. And that's just, that just in my mind, that sounds like kind of like a reasonable goal, yeah. but. Well, and especially since as recently as like this week, they were saying other things like that we should still be wearing masks indoors. So my thing is like, I don't get, and I've raised this on the pot already, but I'm just like, I'm all for, you know, whatever we can start 
gatherings again, but I don't understand how we will enforce the who's vaccinated and who isn't. Right. I understand people's objections to like a database, even if I think that makes sense to a certain extent, but like, even the like showing your card, which I said, like you could easily fake or whatever, seems like they're not going to really enforce that either. So it's all going to be like honor system, which seems like um, a great opportunity for COVID to flare up again. Um, but you know what? I don't know. We, we can get vaccinated and we can tell others to get vaccines and, and that's all we can do. So please get your, uh, your second dose if you haven't yet, you know, yeah. We'll, we'll touch on this a little later, but Andrew and I are going to a, a show together. It's true. Um, this year. So things are, things are getting back to normal people. We just want to be able to gather in the pit. So come on. Yeah. We, we should clarify that when you say this year, it, it's barely because it's <laughs> right. like December 18th or something right. like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty late, but still <laughs> the point is a show in the calendar year of 2021 is encouraging to me. So yeah. So, John, this week we are going to be wrapping up Value Pack yes. with an album that I would hazard a guess that a majority of people have not listened to. I think that's right. Um, and I'm going to say <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> it's, but, a, it's, a, it's a curious cap to a discography. Uh, yes, uh, a significant departure. Yes, we, we shall say. Um, but you know, we we have some voicemails hmm. that people have shared their, uh, you know, their experiences with this record or the the with Jalapeno and other records that they. Uh, other value pack records that they haven't revisited in a long time. Mm -hmm. So we should check out um, some of those. So we got um, we got some we got some Danny Stairs uh, with his jalapeno thoughts. Hey, what's up, guys? Your boy Danny Stairs uh, calling. First off, give my review of the Peens. <laughs> um, I liked it. Uh, there were some songs that you know just kind of fell flat for me. Uh, but overall, there were there were a lot of exciting things on here, a lot of fun stuff. So I'm glad I got to experience it. We'll see, you know, if it has any longevity in my listening. Uh, but there was some cool stuff on there. So uh, still thinking about which uh, which one of your top three I could sign off on, or even possibly uh, maybe even diverge onto my own path. But mm -hmm. we'll see about that as well. I'll let that percolate uh, for a couple days, maybe. Um, but also, I wanted to respond to Andrew's um, discussion about the last song on the album. And I really wanted to call in and roast Andrew and say, I, you know, you're going to say they didn't make it top of here 30 years later, 20 years later, and you're talking about them. So, But I also love Andrew, and I don't want to roast him right now because um, I think, you know, he might not have made it in music, but like John said, he's doing something else that's, that's getting to a lot of people. Um, and, you know, he's helped facilitate this community. Uh, he's helped to bring these people together um, and just made these connections. And it's a wonderful thing that you guys do. Uh, so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make fun of Andrew on that one because <laughs> I, I think he's he's done a lot. And so I'm super appreciative of it. Magpie. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. That's really sweet. 
kind of threw you under the bus and then propped I you know. up on the pedestal <laughs> afterward. <laughs> that's that seems pretty par for the course for Danny's Dares, but yeah, that's that really sweet. Right. I, um, for the most part, people don't maybe realize that like I I don't always listen to these voicemails ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So that was my first time uh, oh. fully listening to that through. So that's it's very sweet, Danny. And yeah, you know, to your point, yes. Um, over over 20 years later, we're still talking about these bands and everything. Um, but I don't think when Ryan Sheely was talking about <laughs> seeing people at the top, they were you don't talking about- You think this about- is the top? You don't think Magpod <laughs> is the top? Ryan, you're welcome. You finally got there, You bro. made it, buddy. You finally got there. Um, if you want to get on the pod to achieve it, either, you know, your, your further dreams of reaching the top, we can, we can help you there too. You know, I would say most bands we've covered, we've had interaction with some members and it's, it's crickets for these guys. I've tried, like, we can't really find any of them online either. So anyway, I don't know. Value pack folks, Ryan, if you're out there, you know, come on the pod, let us know, uh, let us know what you think about the view from the top. <laughs> um, so not talking Ryan, but we're talking Brian. Uh, hey guys, this is Brian. Uh, just wanted to give you a shout out for uh, your coverage on Value Pack. Um, I heard Value Pack when I was probably like 15 uh, in Southern California, that's where I grew up. And um, I, I probably haven't listened to their music uh, until you guys uh, brought them into uh, Pods from the Penalty Box. So it's been kind of a fun uh nostalgic return to uh, to my youth. Um, maybe for this album more than some of the other ones you've covered, even though they also are representative of those years of my life. But um, I think it's those SoCal uh, vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys talked about the Green Day and uh, Rancid influences there, and uh, it definitely comes out. And just really haven't listened to that, uh, that style nearly as much as uh, maybe I should have. And so hearing it again has been really fun. Uh, also want to give huge props for uh, the intro uh, for the, the value <laughs> pack episodes. Right. Um, you know, I think it's been kind of hit or miss for you guys. Uh, not to criticize you uh, uh-huh. on a deep level, but wow. um, you kind of work with what you got. Wow. Um, but the Sunday Christian uh, uh, intro with uh, Magpasta Life, you've just been crushing it. So uh, give us more of that uh, as this season and, and future seasons go on. Um, I'm loving it. Uh, and also, I don't know how you arrived at the whole daddy-daughter thing um, that she talked about in, in the, the last episode, um, but thank you for naming that. Uh, I have never really been comfortable with that. Even at weddings, it just feels like a, a weird tradition, mm-hmm. uh, very patriarchal, obviously, but um, particularly in the elementary school setting or middle school setting, um, it, yeah, I just I – just, I can't. I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, but thanks for naming that and calling that out. Um, yeah. Um, loving what you guys are doing. Uh, Magpie for life. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, bud. Yeah. I mean, um, thanks for that, uh, you know, building <laughs> me up with that, the value pack intro compliment and then tearing me down with the. This is the opposite of Danny Stairs. He put you on a pedestal <laughs> and then he threw you under the bus. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, I, I thought, I don't know. I thought, uh, Ace Troubleshooter, um, you know, I put okay. some, put some effort I, in there, you know, soft spot in my heart for our, our Goonies. Yeah. It's like choosing. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, well, we Brian, got, we'll we try got, harder, okay? Yeah, god damn. Fucking, I'll just <laughs> you know, I'll I'll talk uh I'll talk, you know, get Matt Langston. I'll I'll call him up. Ooh. I'll get into I'll get into the studio. Yeah, I'll get some professionally recorded shit, you know, because you know, it's not a bad idea. You could throw some bleeps and bloops down at some ooh, point. Yeah, man. Like that for our indie, our more indie season. Ooh, yeah. Oh, we get a Oh, maybe maybe get Matt to do like a uh, like a Joy Electric, yeah, you know, intro yeah. or something. Yeah, man, these wheels yeah. are turning. These wheels are turning. All right, okay, okay, we got something. We got something here. <laughs> um, but yes, Brian, I think uh, a particular SoCal sound to be found on Jalapeno, which uh, I super enjoyed. I think, yeah, I kind of named that too. That like there wasn't enough of this kind of band, uh, at least in this uh christian alternative scene um and uh yeah daddy daughter stuff in general Pretty a little deep. weird so <laughs> glad you're with us in that yeah um let's go from one brian hmm. too to many bryans <laughs> yeah I mean, got too many dannys we got too many jasons too many now brians. for the first time got too many bryans <laughs> hmm. hey guys brian from minneapolis here first time long time uh thanks for the Various shout-outs and the regular and Patreon, the most recent regular and Patreon episodes. Um, it was nice hearing my name without getting tossed under the bus by Andrew. Um, of course, now that I say that, I'm sure Andrew will find a way to park one on top of me again. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, I'm really enjoying the Value Pack episodes. I listened to the the Jalapeno album a lot in high school, but I didn't know until you guys started recording these that they even had other albums um as always you guys are uh more generous than i would be on some of the albums you cover i i can't imagine that i would choose to listen to the self-titled album but um uh jalapeno is still great um i did i did have one value pack concert memory um we have a all of us have a mutual friend named john and we i saw the two of us saw them Saw Value Pack play with uh, Goaty Hook around '98, uh, I think. Um, I don't remember anything about Goaty Hook, but I remember the concert for a couple of reasons. Um, it was played in a church in some middle of the nowhere Chicago suburb, um, and there was like ten people there, Oof. which is you know a real that's a bummer, uh, crappy way to start. Uh, a show um and then the other reason is that a uh, value pack played what is probably the most disinterested show you can imagine they were grumpy and just trying to get it over with and um you know i i've never been in a band and i get that playing to a show with 10 people sucks um but you know it didn't make uh it didn't we, the rest of us weren't excited only 10 people were there either and so it just made it feel like Hey, you're taking your anger out on those of us who actually showed up. Um, so anyway, uh, keep up the good work. And John, I do want more of you scat singing Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> As you said at the end of the pod, you left a lot of good material on the table. Uh, Magpot for life. Brian Nelson Filler color from Minneapolis. <laughs> He's got some things to say about uh, value pack venues. I don't know. I can never I can never follow through with the second round. Yeah, see, here's the here's the thing, John. I got shit on because <laughs> uh, in the Discord, people were saying that my uh, my Kitas was inferior, 
but I was trying to go for the rhyme and not, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was so focused on trying to hit the rhyme. You've got the, you've got the intonation, you've got the voice and everything. I think we just need to like somehow combine. A, yeah. Combine our forces. Combine our forces. Make one super cutest. <laughs> John, we're starting a band called super cutest. <laughs> done and done. Um, It'll be yeah. no, and it'll be nothing like the red hot chili peppers. No, people no. will be people will show up, be like, oh, I wonder if this is like a red hot chili peppers like cover band. It's like, no, no, no <laughs> funk, no, no rapping, none of it. No. Um, it'll be it, sort of like Celtic Swiss metal. <laughs> exactly. Um John will play the hurdy gurdy. It'll be great. Oof, I would love to play hurdy gurdy. Let me wind that bad boy up. Um I there seems to be a theme emerging as far as memories of value package shows and it's yeah. not uh it's not it's not a positive one no, um, <laughs> no i can't not. speak to this too much and maybe other people can can weigh in um but uh yeah there seems to be sort of a an impression going around that perhaps they they came off as not super into <laughs> into being at the shows that they were playing at sometimes so or that they felt too good for the shows that they were at we're going to release an album in a few years that is going to blow everybody away that's what they're thinking um yeah yeah they're going to see you at the top except um when they were playing a show in 1998 (laughs) to 10 people and they were not not too happy about it that sounds so rad though seeing 98 air value pack with goatee hook um that's a bummer that there are only 10 people there brian if you will not listen to the self-titled record record i will be very curious to hear what you think about the album we're discussing today uh, but yeah. uh yeah let's just say jalapeno good album uh, that's and that's all i have to say about that yeah uh we do have one more hmm. brian voicemail hey guys this is brian from minneapolis again uh, i was just calling um this is sort of off the topic but last week you guys mentioned andrew you mentioned the Lord of the Rings soundtrack and talking about John listening to the Batman soundtrack. And since John is such a film scholar, I wondered mm. if you guys had a kind of favorite uh, music movie moment, like the favorite, mm. your favorite use of music in a movie. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily a musical, but like a moment where you thought the music really kind of carried a scene. So just curious about that. I know, you know, you know, kill this if that doesn't fit in this, to the show this week. Uh, Magpod for life. That great is question. A great question. I thought he was going to say, "Do you have other favorite soundtracks?" But right, a favorite m- music movie moment where the music is. I mean, like, you know, I have like I have other. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge soundtrack guy. I know that you're probably more into film scores and and soundtracks and that, and that sort of thing. Um, the one soundtrack, uh, that I can think of, um, that I guess it's, I guess it is. Yeah. Definitely be more of a soundtrack, not a score. Um, the dust brothers soundtrack for fight club. Pretty great. I thought that the music on that was, I listened to that a lot in high yeah, school. Same here. I thought that was a really, because that like the music was like really dark and dirty. And it also had, also had a Tom Waits song on the, on that soundtrack as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great, great Tom Waits song. Yeah. 
Um, but I'm trying to think like, I like, uh, I guess another a movie music moment that I really like is, uh, this is a bit maybe on the nose, but I like, because this is a movie that I sort of have a soft spot for, but um, School of Rock, I really like the way music is used Yes, in that, not just like as a, but is it's like as as a theme and as 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 creation and like even when they're not like playing uh, songs, you know, there's still lots of singing and there's uh, it's all it's all the creative use of music and of course like not just the end scene where they're all playing together, but like throughout it too. Yeah, um, with like with Led Zeppelin and him creating the song in the class and right. creating the band, that moment where the, he's creating the band in the class. I really love that. Um, yeah. I, the, the original yeah. songs in that movie are super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Cause I was thinking about the album that we're reviewing this week, that some of the songs sound like fake movie rock bands like <laughs> sound like what a band opening for the like school of rock at the no like, vacancy <laughs> yeah like one of those <laughs> that's kind of the vibe of like some of the songs yes. that's a little tease for the yeah. second uh, segment here yeah it's um, uh yeah it's it's <laughs> the lead singer is you know jim hackfield <laughs> right yeah just yeah fake. i thought maybe you'd say uh you know, Johnny be good back to the future. That's oh, a, you know, that, that, that's, that's an all timer. That's an all timer. I mean, that's, I feel like that, that kind of goes without saying, um, I, I love, um, I love that. I mean, Alan Silvestri and his score for back to the future is just perfection. Yeah. Um, I mean, John Williams, like, was the score for like our you know my childhood essentially for you know star wars and indiana jones and mm -hmm. home alone and yeah a lot of those a lot of those films but um yeah i mean this is a this is a big question so i'm just going i know you're you're i feel like you're sort of like delaying a bit here <laughs> I'm going off the dome a bit here. I mean, if you're just talking, we could do a whole score movie scores. Maybe that'll be a Patreon episode sometime. Ooh, yeah. Um, thing. But uh, as far as like uses of like a pop song in a movie, I mean, mm -hmm. um, one band that we'll be talking about in our Patreon today, Public Enemy, uh, okay. they do a whole opening sort of choreographed number with the opening credits to Do the Right Thing, the Spike Lee movie, which is one of my probably top three favorite movies of all time um and they do fight the power um and rosie Perez does a cool dance to it so that's that's one of my favorites obviously quint tarantino a master of using pop songs and specifically sure. kind of 70s era songs and movies um i don't know if i have one specific one but reservoir dogs was huge for me growing up so that whole soundtrack is great like uh little green bag is the opening credit song in that one which is a great song um I'll do maybe like one or two more. <laughs> so just there's too many. Oh, uh, Wes Anderson, another great user of pop music, um, specifically when Margot Tenenbaum gets off the bus in Royal Tenenbaums and Nico plays. Uh, great, great moment. Everything kind of slows down. 
uh maybe one other one which is the i mean martin scorsese another great user mm. of rock music in movies uh goodfellas famously a few of those but i'll say one more which is another <laughs> reference that i'll get to in the second segment but the song uh sounds of silence uh by simon and garfunkel <laughs> yes. um they uh they use that very effectively in the movie the graduate so anyway those are those are a few off the top of the head thanks brian i'm into it yeah that's do you those, know what reference I'm making for the yes, album? Of course. That's hilarious. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. No, that was my, I was going to make that joke. That's funny. During that song. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we're, we're very much on the same, same page with that. Yeah. Um, Good but, question. Yes. Great question. Um, but speaking of uh, Danny Leary, uh left like he left us a podcast he left us like 97 voicemails Mm -hmm. um all about essentially about film okay uh and christopher nolan um we can't listen to literally all like nine danny leary voicemails that he left but uh this this itself is a uh uh We'll use this as sort of the discussion point. Okay. Hey, so I feel like the discussion about, oh, by the way, this is Dan Larry, if you can't tell. <laughs> uh, I feel like the discussion about Christopher Nolan should have been the box. It should have been part of the box. Like I have so many thoughts, so many thoughts, and I'm definitely not going to get into them when I've already wasted a sixth of my voicemail just trying to ramp up, but (laughs) it really like, I completely get what John's saying. Like the idea of like, you know, abstraction and like, you know, the art major versus English major thing. Like, cause I'm a huge fan of David Lynch and they might be giants. And both of those artists completely skirt and reject the idea of like ever talking about intention, interpretation. They only let the listener or the watcher, you know, decide what the meaning is. However, Christopher Nolan seems like kind of a piece of shit, you know, <laughs> like not in a real problematic way. Like there's no, like, he's never seemingly ever hurt anybody, but the whole, like, nobody can sit on my set and no one can sit down and all that shit. Like, come on, come on. Like, he just seems like he feels he's already, and saying HBO Max is the, is the, third worst streaming platform or where the fuck like just fuck off dude you know like christopher nolan really seems like a like a pretentious piece of shit whereas like you know david lynch is super pretentious but he he has real artistic intent behind his stuff i've got maybe another minute left so my next Mm -hmm. big question is like i feel like you guys wrestle with lyrics a lot and of course you do because the type of band you talk about are bands that are actually specifically trying to get a message out. Hey, you believe in Jesus or Hey, you hate abortion. You know, <laughs> they're specifically trying to put ideas in your head, but I've, when you wrestle with lyrics on the show so much, I've always been curious to hear you guys actually maybe talk about a band that has more abstract lyrics, like a Nirvana or something like Kurt Cobain didn't give a fuck about messages or lyrics or intent. He just wrote a tapestry of vague ideas and he never like wanted to put a story in your head or something, right? And there's lots of uh, Kirk Cobain. Just the first thought that comes to my mind because 
that was one of my first bands I listened to. So I'd be curious to really hear you guys talk about a musical artist who doesn't care what images come to your mind or what thoughts come to your mind. Like that's not important to music for that artist. Uh, anyway, so, so many other thoughts. Let's open the box. <laughs> that should be the, instead of Magpod for Life, I'm going to say, let's open the box. So, okay. <laughs> Cut off Thanks. just in time. Good job, yes. Dan. Um, so, John, why don't we do that? Why don't we, at, at Danny Leary's insistence, right. let's open the box. This one is called the box. Let's let's talk about this for a second. And I, because I, I was I was talking about this a little bit with Brian and Mark again last night when we were hanging out about the this uh, English major, art major. The I guess intention is is maybe one of the things that that Danny Leary was getting to and kidding at with the difference between someone like Christopher Nolan and. And maybe and and David Lynch, where mm. the, the the intentions of of filmmakers could be different. Maybe David Lynch is it's it's I, I guess I also sort of think about someone like C.S. Lewis versus Tolkien, where mm. it's like Tolkien's like fuck allegory and <laughs> metaphor, you know, yeah. and he's just like I'm going to create this world and and create these characters, and I'm not just going to be like. But but this character is the Jesus character. Okay, it's like it's now like, those they, rings may or may not be atomic bombs, but you know whatever whatever. Well, you know, but but also even like with like the the ends too, like right. like industrialization and that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. But it wasn't like it, it it wasn't like beating you over the head with like right. with with metaphor and allegory. That wasn't like that wasn't necessarily his yes. his style. So. Um, and I'm not trying to make, I'm not making a value judgment and saying that like one person who does one thing is, is, is better or, or worse than the other. But I think to kind of going with what Danny was talking about with our discussion about the lyrics is that obviously when we're discussing Christian bands, then there's, there is a messaging thing going on. There is a, this is part of the, <laughs> their ministry typically. So they are trying to convey a message so uh there isn't a lot of nuance with right. songs that are like you know you're you're an empty soulless person you you know you're killing a, you know you're aborting you know children that it's like this is my final request why you know save me mommy and it's like there's not a lot of nuance there so of course we're right. but like a future season when we might talk more indie artists and yeah. talk artists like pedro or starflyer 59 or any of these other bands that are maybe have a little bit more poeticism which is why we really liked a troubleshooter because yeah uh john warren had a significant amount of lyrical prowess mm -hmm. and so it was a little bit uh a little bit different of a, of a situation but um I want to, I want to hear some of your, some of your thoughts as the, as the film buff of, mm. of the pod. Yes. Well, lots to chew on in that message, Danny. Thank you. I, I don't know that I necessarily make a distinction between um, 
I mean, certainly Christopher Nolan is, is sort of like a walking pomposity. <laughs> it's like <laughs> up his own ass, but his movies are also kind of goofy. Like they're obviously packaged with this like pretension, but they're also like, I really think, you know, my review of Tenet was like, it's cool to see people go backwards. <laughs> I think that was basically <laughs> the thought in his head. Right. He was like, hold on, what if spy movie, but backwards. And frankly, that's enough for me. So, and I will say like, you know, Memento, a movie I loved deeply growing up because trying to like sort of put together the pieces of this complex puzzle, same with right. Prestige. And so I think he has that sort of complex capability as a filmmaker. Um, and I probably overall prefer the Lynchian, we're not going to do the work for you. You're going to have to figure it out. But I also think it's like apples and oranges. Like I like having a variety of things. I don't mind a Nolan movie where it's sort of, big and obvious and maybe he's pretentious and yes i certainly don't disagree with him as he sort of appears as like a personality but i had a lot of fun with tenet regardless um so i I don't know i it's interesting like you're saying we haven't really had the chance to unpack or analyze lyrics that are a little more abstract or not as easy to put together and i look forward to the sort of unique challenge of doing that as you're saying in a future season but also part of what we were interested in with this from the beginning was sort of unpacking problematic things or like unpacking elements of the culture that are usually spelled out a little more explicitly. And maybe we wouldn't be able to do that quite as much with a, a Pedro the lion or a Starflyer 59 or whatever, but you know, those opportunities will still be there. Um, Yeah. I I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a fun process unpacking a lot of the bands that we have um but i I would definitely be ready for something that's a little more um tricky to yes wrestle with so and you know how i do with some of those songs those sort of tricky like i'm i i get you know i'm like i i i it's going to be a challenge for me i'm just going to say like but that's probably a good thing to stretch myself in listening to uh songs that are not it's not like i and like i've said on previous episodes i don't need to be spoon-fed meaning in in lyrics it's just like uh i appreciate i can appreciate the uh, the, uh, poetic nature of of lyrics um and not understanding what they mean more than a lack of specificity in like sort of a generic Mm -hmm. pop punk song where it's like this whereas like this like not only do i uh not know what you're talking about but i don't think you know what you're talking about this is just so vague <laughs> right. and generic a lot of these lyrics are written by teenagers also which doesn't right, exactly really help, right. so yeah and i'll say i'll say this about uh christopher nolan he has um he has uh, uh kept Michael Caine employed for the better part of like 15 or 20 years. Yep. So like, is, is there been a Christopher Nolan film where like Michael Caine hasn't been in it uh, not, in like, not since the dark Knight movies, at least I don't think, I think he's been no, in everyone. since Batman begins. Right. Yeah. That whole trilogy. So, but like uh, Batman begins prestige, dark Knight, inception, uh, Dark Knight Rises. I don't know if that was maybe I don't know if that was a Nolan though. It was. Uh, it was. It was uh, Interstellar. Yep. 
um uh dunkirk yep um and tenet yep <laughs> so like he's he's been like all of these he's like he's hey so he well michael kai <laughs> oh michael kai oh michael kai <laughs> there's a man you'll have to go see and he'll tell you what you need to do next he'll know to it, but he's dead he's not alive <laughs> or at least he will be but not yet <laughs> oh man we all love tenet <laughs> <laughs> so after all that i think it's time that we close up the box that one was called the box food line food line all right so danny leary left um um 47 47 more voicemails um yeah should we, so should we save them or no there it's it, there it's a lot of it is uh and when he was so <laughs> i'll just play the beginning part of this one hey i've decided since andrew called me out live at the moment that i'm leaving too many voicemails i'm like well i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna go for it eight in less than half an hour going back to my earlier point about lyrics and abstraction and doesn't even matter if your song says anything do you ever see pollock the, the biopic yeah. about jackson yes. pollock starring ed harris and early on in the movie he's already begun to develop his famous style like we had we didn't see the moment he started it but he's already starting to draw he's already starting to make these splatter paintings and uh what's her name marcia gay harden comes in and mm -hmm. starts looking at his new painting as he's working on it and she starts analyzing it and turns to him i can't remember all the things she says she's analyzing it turns to him and says well it can't just be random paint swatches on a canvas right and that harris just doesn't say anything he just takes a sip of his coffee he's like he's not going to tell what it is and maybe it is just splotches on a canvas that's how i not how i feel about all music that's how i feel about a lot of music definitely when i first approach an artist or an album i don't worry about what are they thinking about unless it's like clearly right in your face and is plain as day uh anyway good movie pollock at harris all right we'll we'll stop stop it there but i mean i feel like that's fair i feel like that's fair i oftentimes um you know i i, I try and strike that balance i try yeah. and like let the the song speak for itself without needing to completely completely understand it because this gets into a larger you know art art major 101 kind of conversation about sure. like what is art for and who is art for and is you know uh is it meant to disturb the comfortable or comfort the disturbed you know that that kind of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff like what are we what is what is the point and and maybe in pollock's case like there doesn't need to be any grand meaning and it can just be paint on a canvas and that's, and that can also be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a great scene, by the way, I think about it a lot. She also said, I think it's the same thing where she says to Pollock, uh, you've done it, you've cracked it wide open. Um, and it's just this cool moment of sort of like understanding an approach to art and knowing when it sort of clicks. Um, but yeah, again, I feel like it's apples and oranges. Like I, a lot of the reason why uh, we loved 
Five Iron and MXPX was the music, but also the message. And we were ready as kids for bands that questioned, you know, systems and societies and churches. And that was a lot of what drew me to punk and and still does, not just with punk, but I do appreciate political, explicitly political art. Um, But I also like songs about Banana Man. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I don't think you have to choose, which is the great thing about art. So like, I don't know. I, I, I appreciate both. There are some bands for which like, you know, um, lyrics are, are at the forefront of sort of why I am interested in them. And there's right. others where it doesn't matter as much. So, yeah, I mean that, that can certainly the case for something like, like hip hop, you know, right. where that the percussive nature of, of, of lyrics and oftentimes, I mean, depending on the artist, that's, you know, they're telling a, a bigger story and, um, so it's hard to, you know, you wouldn't talk about hip hop without discussing yeah. lyrics, you know, right. but, um, but especially when something is message based, yeah. I mean, we got to, we it's got true. to, you know, banana man, of course, the deep, <laughs> we got to discuss, we'll, we'll get to the deeper meaning of banana man eventually. Yeah. Who is the banana <laughs> that's a good one that was a different variant at the beginning there that's true um what what, what better way to end our voicemails than with a little fancy again he knows just when just when to uh to call in with a cackle he holds he holds back he holds back (laughs) and then release full release release. full a full release Um, lusting and busting over there that's right he knows when to to put some stank on those cackles and when to vary it up. <laughs> exactly. Um, that, was, that was a great uh, uh, crop of voicemails. Thanks, friends. Um, Thank you for everybody. Lots to um, chew on. Lots of good takes. Mm. Um, speaking of which. Speaking of which, John, I think it might be time for the takes. Mm. Are you ready for yours? <laughs> yes, let, let's go. Let's do it. The takes with John Park. Oh, the best. Um, I got some takes this week. Yeah, you got some takes? Let's hear them. They're pretty cold. <laughs> they are not jalapeno limeade spicy. But they're not uh they're not peens slipping through your teenage fingies. Uh not this week. Um as uh as you mentioned earlier, uh we're going to a concert together, bro. Ooh. I haven't been to a concert since December twenty nineteen. And I thought about it probably every day since then (laughs) going to a show, uh, going to shows and going to movies are like the two things that, uh, the two sort of activities, you know, outside of my family that truly bring me joy in this universe. And so, uh, tough, tough run there for me in terms of those activities, but we're about to change all that. And the show that we're going to see is Juliana theory. Well, the current iteration of Juliana theory, performing emotion is dead in its entirety and may performing the everglow in its entirety and i have to go to this and i'm excited to go with you um and we were just talking relatively recently on the pod about what a great album 
um, Emotion is Dead is and how meaningful it was for both of us. And I listened to it fairly recently and I was just like, man, every song on the album, truly an all-timer. I don't know the sort of emo world super well. And there are enough from the sort of late 90s punk adjacent emo world that I knew them. Um, but that album was was huge for me, even if I didn't know a lot of the other comparable records including the everglow may was one that just kind of like i feel like that came out right as i was kind of like leaving college and sort of not really into the whole emo scene didn't know as much about it so i'm trying to listen to that album too to get ready for this but i'm mainly focused on emotion is dead and seeing the songs live and how excited i am to be able to do that once again uh so much so much goodness so been listening to those those are my, my two big records this week you know songs that came out 20 years ago um but i'm just thinking about shows and i saw today uh patreon punk caleb uh posted about he yes. just got tickets to a show his first show and i think he said he's seeing motion city soundtrack which he rules minneapolis. Uh, minneapolis holler um but somebody commented that they were seeing idols and i was like idols is touring shit and went to look it up and uh yep they're playing the rib in chicago and it sold out so oh, i guess fuck. i missed that one they're playing in st paul and that's not sold out oh shit where are they playing uh the palace i believe Ooh, uh, what the which would fuck? be good <laughs> that's in october so i don't know if i'll make it up for that but you should go maybe i'll come with you we'll see but <laughs> you know what let's let's just talk for a second about uh, yeah. The which whole, pictures have a car or whatever. which pictures have a bicycle which pictures have whatever it's like like if you know is it do, think robots the, could develop that technology the, does the picture need to be like does the bike need to be like like 40 feet away like blurry and in the background like impossible to see like yeah like, check those robots i mean it's just it's just absurd man um um Oh, come on, yeah. dude. Like, you got to come to the Palace Theater. Yeah, I might have to. Oh, I'm going to be God. going up there a lot, I guess. But I mean, this but, is October. Yeah, we could. Uh, yeah, I think we'll make it happen. Anyway, their anyway, record was it, on both of our best of lists last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, their one before that was on yours. Yes, uh, exactly. Before yeah. that, which I would have done if I had listened to it more. Um, anyway, so I've been listening to them a lot over the last year and thinking about how much fun it'll be to see them live. Yep. Um, and they're, they actually are a band that I was thinking about that does a good job. I mean, as you said on a previous episode, he sort of got called out for like having too obvious of lyrics. Yes. Um, well, that I, was, that was on pitchfork and that right. made me, that made me angry. I had like a yeah. whole long ass Facebook post about it. That was just like so bad about but, like, come on guys. Like, and because that's the thing like i just because something is like like all lyrics need to be convoluted and mysterious and cryptic that's what makes something art like you can't this goes back to again like if we're talking pollock like you know art doesn't isn't like one thing it doesn't need to be one thing to be art and that's the sort of stuff where it's like when we we start trying to figure out how do we define it and like nailing down specifically this is what makes something art that's what starts frustrating me it's like something can be silly and dumb and about a banana man costume and that can also be art and yeah so can like tom waits and so can right you know some goofy ska band from the 90s yeah um but they were actually a band that i was thinking of just now when we were talking about what bands are you sort of drawn to in terms of their politics they might have sort of like perhaps obvious lyrics i guess although i think that's part of what they're trying to do it's sort of in this long 
punk tradition of of political lyrics. Um, right. So anyway, I think they do a great job of sort of conveying the immediacy of the moment, and that's part of why I like them so much. Um, but boy, I don't know if I my brain is ready for like a full being like sweaty and grabbing onto people and lyrics spitting into the air and everything. I mean, uh, singers spitting into the air at a show, but Danny Nadelko. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine seeing that live uh, right now? What a, be, what a <laughs> release it would be, a full release. I'd be um, so, I would be so excited. So anyway, perhaps that will happen. Uh, Idols is not one of my takes. I have one more here. Um, also cold. Uh, a year ago, the Queer Eye episode uh, with Noah Hepler. Oh, sure. Who's uh, an ELCA Lutheran pastor came out uh, and I got to interview him uh, for the magazine I work for. And uh, another person who was on that episode was Megan Rohrer, who just this week was elected uh, bishop in the ELCA, and they're the first trans bishop um, in a major U.S. denomination. Um, so I got to interview them this week, and that uh, that interview will be coming out soon, but I rewatched that episode, and it's just, it's so powerful, man. We've talked about Queer Eye a little bit on yeah. the pod, but that episode in particular, I think, really deals with sort of faith and and social justice issues um in in such a fascinating way and uh megan's moment from the episode that kind of people remember the most is when uh they ask this pastor noah like would you ever tell someone in your congregation that they didn't come out soon enough because that's kind of what he was wrestling with um and he said no and they said then why do you tell yourself that child of god yeah just like it was just such this moment of like whoa um so anyway that's megan she's a bishop now i talked to her I talked to them and, uh, and it, it's a great episode of TV if people haven't seen that. So, yeah, that just you saying that again, after not having watched that for a year, just sort of yeah. gave me chills. I know, man. Yeah. It was a big, big moment. Anyway, yeah, I'm excited for their, uh, their, I think they're in Texas right now. Uh, San Francisco. Right? Yeah. They're in, wait, no, it's Queer Eye. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant this this bishop. Sorry. I don't know where. Yeah, that sounds right. Queer Eye, Texas. I thought that, I thought I saw that they were. I saw I thought I saw them posting pictures that, right. that, they, that they were going to be be in Texas. But um, um. Anyway, yeah. Those uh those are takes. Those are my cold takes. No, those are good takes, bro. <laughs> what about what about you? How are those takes? What about mine? Mm. <laughs> the takes with Andrew Thielen. Um, okay. So my, my takes are a little, I've got two takes. One of them is, uh, I'm a little behind on certain things, but like, so in the discord, uh, our boy, Brian Canberra, AKA the Rudy librarian, um, we were talking about some ska stuff, obviously yesterday. And we were talking about the inevitables, how they Mm. have, um, so their their album was on my top 10 of albums last year. Yes. And this year they've released um, some dub versions of Ooh. some of their songs from their from that record. And oh, gosh, yeah, they're just so great. So it's called um, uh, The Inevitables versus the Youth City Sound System. And they got uh, they got some folks coming into uh to support those tracks so you got um uh Brittany Luna of Catbite mm. um we got uh New York City Pine- City Ska Pioneer 
King Django, um, uh, Linville Golding from the legendary Scott Godfathers, the specials. Cool. Um, and it's got some like, it's just like I've been getting so much more into dub stuff in mm-hmm. recent in recent years, and um, that uh, album, the Hepcat album, right on time, their vinyl release that came with a dub version of some tracks from their from that record. Uh, that's just outstanding. But Brian was also asking me if I was familiar with um, uh, the Long Beach Dub All-Stars, which oh, yeah. I knew the name, but I hadn't listened to them at all, really, mm-hmm. like at all. And so I started listening to their album right back yesterday mm-hmm. and some today. I'm like, God, this fucking rules. Yeah. This is so, this is so great. And so I'm really excited because now I'm like, I have all these uh, Long Beach Dub All-Star records to go through. And it just made me so glad to think too about like that Ska has such a beautiful and rich history. And um, I'm grateful for people like Danny Leary who are consistent champions of ska history and making sure that there isn't cultural erasure when it comes to things like ska because people are constantly like um uh that ska is just mariachi for white people or whatever or or something i don't know what it is some stupid joke that just like is saying that ska is a white person thing and that just erases all of the roots and all the significance that ska has had outside of the Southern California white party bro thing that people kind of associate with that people uh, sort of like look they they, in their mind's eye they think of uh real big fish and mozzarella sticks and that's it's like that that is just all you need to do is like Google for three seconds to realize that this is not the case. Yeah. That's a, uh, yeah. Classic, uh, white appropriation history. Yeah. Uh, they take something and then people start associating, associating it with white people. And then it's like, it just becomes a white thing. Yeah. Uh, see Danny Leary's many social media accounts for more on that topic. Yes. Um, he certainly, uh, addressed this many times. Um, yeah. Shout out to Brian Camber also for launching his uh, podcast this week, The Rudy Librarian. Yes. Uh, Rudy, Li- Rudy Librarian, a little bit of a tongue twister. Now a podcast and uh, first episode with uh, Leonor from Five Iron. So a, go check big, that out. It's a, it's a big get for your first step. That's a good That's a good first guest. Yeah. Um, yeah, Long Beach Dub All-Stars, they grew out of Sublime. Yes. Um, so I remember seeing them at like Warp Tour a couple times, at least Warp Tour. Um, and had a really good time with them. I never got to see Sublime, but they, I think I saw the like whatever Sublime version came after that. But seeing Long Beach Dub All Stars after that was sort of enough to uh, appease me. And I remember having a really good time seeing them. So, dude, I bet that, I bet that that audience was just like one big cloud <laughs> <Yeah>. of weed. <laughs> it smells good. <laughs> um, here's my other take. Uh, in therapy yesterday, I was talking to, Doug, my therapist, uh, about just kind of 
where I've been lately emotionally. And, and he told me about um, this New York Times article um, uh, by this guy. He's a psychologist named Adam Grant. And the article is called, there's a name for the blah you're feeling. It's called languishing. The neglected middle child of mental health can dull your motivation and focus, and it may be the dominant emotion of 2021. Yes, I and, read this too and, and hard agreed. Yeah. Um, and so you can not only is can you go and read the article, but there is a, uh, you can listen to Adam read it. It's just like nine minutes of him uh, reading the article. And um it's not something that I've really put a name to before the, my feeling, the, the languishing mm-hmm. that um, it says um, talking about like what we were feeling. And he says, it wasn't burnout. We still had energy. It wasn't depression. We didn't feel hopeless. We just felt somewhat joyless and aimless. It turns out there's a name for it languishing. And um and it said, in psychology, we think about mental health on a spectrum from depression to flourishing. Flourishing is the peak of well-being. You have a strong sense of meaning, mastery, and mattering to others. Depression is the valley of ill-being. You feel despondent, drained, and worthless. Languishing is the neglected middle child of mental health. It's the void between depression and flourishing, the absence of well-being. You don't have symptoms of mental illness, but you're not the picture of mental health either. You're not functioning at, at full capacity. Languishing dulls your motivation, disrupts your ability to focus, and triple the odds that you'll cut back on work. Um, and it, it says it, it appears to be more common than major depression. And yep, uh, the dulled motivation, fo- lack of focus, and mm-hmm. not being able to work is just like exactly what I've been feeling for the past year. Yeah, man. And uh, so. It says um, new evidence from the pandemic healthcare workers in Italy shows that those who are languishing in the spring of 2020 were three times more likely than their peers to be diagnosed with PTSD. Yeah, geez. So, um, but also just talks about the the collective sense of grief that we're all feeling. And um, there's something else too that this is very much me. Last summer, the journalist Daphne K. Lee tweeted about a Chinese expression that translates to, quote, <laughs> revenge bedtime procrastination. Yeah. She described it as staying up late at night to reclaim the freedom we've missed during the day. Mm-hmm. I've started to wonder if it's not just so much retaliation against a loss of control as an act of quiet defiance against languishing. It's a search for bliss in a bleak day, connection in a lonely week, or purpose in a perpetual pandemic. And um, I, uh, I've, I've been, I called it something, I ca- I've called that something else, but like I have not associated mm. uh, this concept with like reclaiming time mm-hmm. so much as it is um, just sort of putting off going to bed as like a sense of like, like as a, as a symptom of my anxiety, but right. I mean, it's, it's partially probably part of, part of that just feeling like I, I don't, 
I don't feel like I have a lot of drive and meaning and purpose right now. And that's, that's what I'm looking to try and find ways to reclaim in a year. That's feels like there's at least a glimmer of hope on the horizon. As we talk about making plans and seeing each other and hugging people we love. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm glad you shared that. It's so well articulated and is such a distillation of all the things of last year that have been so hard and, yeah, I feel like in my case, I'm like half working during the day because the kids are here and I'm stressed and kids are stressful and work is stressful and we're not seeing friends or family. We're not doing stuff. And so the one time I can do stuff after like I finally, you know, whatever, do the dishes and take a shower and do whatever is like late at night. And I'm like, no, I'm staying up yeah. I'm doing a fun thing for me, for Johnny. Yeah. And that results in me going to bed way too late. Um, and then I get up and I'm tired and I drink too much coffee and I eat garbage cause I'm sitting in my house all day and yeah. I don't exercise enough and it's all just one big yeah. ball of, yeah, of languishing. So, yep. Um, uh, this, this paragraph made me think of you and I don't mean to like call you <laughs> up specifically while finding new challenges, enjoyable experiences, meaningful work are all possible remedies to languishing. It's hard to find flow when you can't focus. Yeah. This was a problem long before the pandemic when people were habitually checking emails 74 times a day and switching tasks every 10 minutes. In the past year, many of us have also been struggling with interruptions from kids around the house, colleagues around the world, and bosses around the clock. Yep. Sounds right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but there, I should note that there is a... Uh, a sister article to this that came out after about um, flourishing. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like now only focusing on the negative, but like maybe some solutions to the languishing and maybe moving into a more flourishing way of life. Yeah. Yep. Uh, That's great, man. It's a good take. Yeah. Well, should we take a little break and get into this, uh, this interesting album? Yes, it is. It is an album. <laughs> that is true. That is. It is. It is songs put together in a sequence. Yeah. Um, and it was released. Oh, this so, is gonna be. This is gonna be interesting. Yeah. So when we come back, we will be discussing the third and final, final value pack record, Incognito. Hi, my name is Stephen Long, and I host a show here on Rock Candy called Sacred Tension. It's about the spiritual discipline of asking questions. If you find yourself uncomfortable in your faith, or if you find yourself caught between modern science and ancient religion, or if you're curious about the journeys of others who are sorting out faith and doubt, Sacred Tension is a place where nothing is off limits. You will find conversations with pastors, cult experts, spiritual leaders, and skeptics, all discussing the ways we navigate the faiths we were given find sacred tension right here on rock candy and wherever you listen to podcasts to make you cry reverb on every fucking song drums played by not a member of value pack on that yeah. song Yes, that's how you know uh, it's one of the good songs. Um, hey, so we're talking Incognito. 
I didn't recognize you there, Andrew. You were you were in disguise. You were incognito. <laughs> That's how I was gonna start the segment. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I got I got uh, my funny nose glasses on with my mm-hmm. little my little mustache. Yep. Have you ever thought that that sort of like mustache would like? What are they going for? Are they going for like a Hitler mustache? What are they going for? Like a Groucher Marx kind of situation? What are they going for? I guess so. Yeah. It was probably more popular at the time of those glasses uh, peak popularity. <laughs> Groucho style stash. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, this album came out uh, in 2000 yes. on Four Door Entertainment. Never heard of them. No. And from what I understand, it was created by Chuck Cummings, who was the drummer uh, for Value Pack during this time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I assumed it went the other way, but maybe it was different than that. I assumed it was like a guy who had a label and was like, well, I can play the drums, but you're saying he was the drummer and said, I can start a label. <laughs> I think that would that this is what I this is what was at least yeah. con- conveyed to me from uh our shadow producer jason from the shadows from the shadow producer (laughs) yeah where he's where jason is incognito in the shadows hiding giving us little little bits and morsels yeah um yeah i i don't know what to say about how this came to be but maybe you have you have more info i mean it seemed that they broke up between jalapeno and this record because the only original members that remained were Ryan and Sean. Yeah. Well, and it's a different Sean on this record. Um, Cause the last record, it was uh, Sean. Uh, Humston. Humston. And this is Sean Paul, who is not the Jamaican dance hall artist, Sean Paul, uh, <laughs> different dude. So I don't it is know. A different dude. It's not just Sean Humston trying to go by a cool name. No, it's. I looked up the credits. A different person, apparently. You are right. It is. Yeah. So it's just Ryan, um, and I assume, perhaps incorrectly, but there's some things you could read into this that suggest maybe there was some falling out uh, between Ryan and and uh, perhaps the drummer. I don't know, but Sean Paul steps in on bass and background vocals. Uh, the bass occasionally does some interesting things on this record, but it is not like the other two albums. This is just one of many things that's not like the other two albums, but the bass sounds very different. Um, as one you said, of the main Ch- things that's different about this record is that the uh, the jalapeno was good. That's <laughs> that's that's one of the main the main differences. All right, yeah, that's I mean that is a nuanced uh, artistic. Uh, well, also uh, that uh, uh, jalapeno charted, true, and did well. I mean, there's so much about this that is curious, and I would yes. like to hear more. Um, and I'm I, not. And I'm, I I want it to be clear. I am going to shit on this record. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say I don't want to just be overly negative. <laughs> no, but what I'm going to say is I'm going. I am going. I don't like this album. Sure. Um, I I almost had a. I, I almost came into this episode. Uh, I told John before we started recording that like I'm I don't have a top three because I can't definitively choose three songs on this record that I even feel that strongly about that I'm like oh I I enjoy 
these songs to an extent that like i would say that they're a top and sure. it's like i was gonna like uh protest and not choose a top three because <laughs> just gonna I, cross your arms yeah i just gonna pout uh and you know po- pout my bottom lip and say i'm not gonna do it john <laughs> i don't like this one um yeah i i mean it's curious in many ways i i don't think that i mean it has been out of print for years um indie vision music who we've talked about a couple times in the study pack run has has it up on their band camp now uh which is cool for fans who haven't heard it but i don't think it's particularly well received or even well known by most fans so I think just in the past couple of years when they put it up is when a lot of people heard it. Um, and yeah, four door entertainment, Chuck Cummings, the owner plays drums on almost every song. Uh, Ethan Luck, uh, right. you know, multi faceted tooth and nail player uh, will step into your band and do some stuff uh, plays lead guitar on half the songs, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's curious in a number of ways. Uh, one of which is like, because jalapeno was so great and they were really kind of digging out a specific uh, niche for themselves uh, and then completely abandoned that sound on this record. And I guess it's an attempt at a more mature sound, um, but it's so hard to believe that this is the band that put out jalapeno <laughs> yeah. previous to this release. Kind of getting to your point about like, how this album was received at least from the very little interaction we've had from listeners that's the only thing that i've heard from people is that's i I haven't heard people be like oh this is a sleeper album and it's actually really no it's actually really good like i've only heard uh people who are like now this is uh i'm very curious they're like i'm curious what you're gonna say because this album is not great well, it's weird. It's weird that they decided on this direction. It's weird that they're on this label nobody's ever heard of. Uh, it's weird that nobody's really heard this album at all since then. Um, yeah, I would just be curious to learn more about all of that. And I will say it doesn't sound great either. Um, the mix is weird. As you said, everything sounds really live and reverby, um, right. which is odd partly because it was produced by a sort of punk legend, uh, Dennis Daniel Danell from Social D. Um, That's why who, it sounds reverby and live, is because yeah, Social D style. Social D. Yeah, but that sounds good when they do it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like nobody says like. So here's the thing. I like Social Distortion. Yeah, I saw them. They were like one of my the first shows that I saw when I moved up here. Nice. Um, in 2019, I got to see Social D, and um here's the thing too about social d like live is that like like just like tack on more uh just tack on more reverb i mean it's like sure it's like todd glass's favorite kind of kind of concert um <laughs> exactly that is a reference that zero people are gonna get because we, <laughs> well, we well, made the reference we've made that made that dumb reference that no one whatever so get more reverb in there but so Again, socially great legends, uh, but nobody's like, you know, what we need more. We need more bands that sound like Social Distortion. Like we need, we need need more people who sing like Mike Ness. Like, it's got a no, very specific. No, it's so specific, quality. and I feel like 
I feel like social D is an exception, not the rule. Like it's not a, they, they go for so many different kinds of styles on this record yeah. that they are not good at. And yeah. the saw this, like Ryan nailed the, the, the jalapeno he nailed like there's like it was uh that it was like an extension from their debut to jalapeno that was like he f- figured out yeah what he was doing and then he like just sort of leaned into that sort of mm. more gravelly and gruff uh sort of rancidy right. s- street punk kind of sound and and we're like oh this works this is great right yeah and then they're like well, here's an idea. What if like the things that, that got us charting in like the, like in like position 20 and like whatever it was, the Christian albums, like mm-hmm. all those things that made us successful. What if we like didn't do any of those? <laughs> yeah. It was obviously intentional, but I don't it, yes, this know was why. No, this is not accidental. So one of the things too, that I, uh, that Danny Leary had left us a voicemail about was, the difference between tooth and nail and BEC. And we were Mm. sort of talking about that and his understanding and his explanation was that BEC was created as sort of the launching pad for bands that uh, Ebel thought would be the crossover bands. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And there were the bands that like had crossover potential. Um, So, you know, when we talked about, ace we talked about value pack and some of these bands that we're like oh why didn't they have yeah problem or crossover potential i think that was sort of the the aim and um and and then whatever decision led to them uh not being with bc anymore or tooth and nail or whatever however that came to be to to leave mm-hmm. um and then whether they broke up or whatever the case uh because it was it was a sort of weird contra- contractual thing that i imagine like who who at tooth and nail or bc only does like a two album deal that just seems right. like sort of unusual yeah. and then to go from that to i just i there's just so many i have so many questions <laughs> about what the reasoning is for why uh, this album came to be the way it was. But the most curious thing to me is the little blurb hmm. on the Indivision band camp. Yeah. Did you, did you read this by any chance? I did. I think, I think it's him putting a sort of positive spin on the whole thing, but uh, uh-huh. continue. Um, so this is what is written about this record. Released in the year 2000 on Four Door Entertainment, this punk rock album by Orange County band Value Pack far exceeded expectations for their comeback after the 1997 sophomore release Jalapeno. The gritty yet poppy delivery of music was unmatched by most bands in their scene. The band had come into their own signature sound by the time Incognito hit, and that is why it remains a much sought-after classic release the album has been out of print for a number of years but is now available once again from our band camp right here with the blessings blessing of former Ford or entertainment owner chuck cummings um 
I mean, here's what I'll say. <laughs> uh-huh. I know that uh, Brandon, right? That's his name for Mini Vision Music. Um, I believe it's Brandon Jones. Yeah. Uh, was close with the band. Like we said, we read some of his like uh, blog posts about interacting with them. And I think Indie Vision Music does a lot of really cool stuff and they provide a cool service in, in a lot of ways. So if there are like value pack completists out there, please go give him uh, your money for this record. If you want to download it. Yeah. Um, I bought it. I bought it for, for this. So we'll, you know, we're going to, I purchased it for this episode and then this is, I'm not just streaming it off the site. I wanted yeah. to, I've, I've purchased, um, you know, um, other stuff from Indivision too. Um, so uh, yeah. yeah, go, they put out some good stuff, so go support go support yeah. them. Indivision's rad, and obviously he's got like a, a sort of biased take here. He worked to get this album out, so he's got a different approach to it than we do. But yeah, I think uh, he may be experiencing it a little differently than most people. When I was looking up like um, you know fan reviews and stuff, it, it did not uh, it did not rank particularly high in the reviews that I was reading. Um, a classic release, though. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'd be classic if it's been like out of print because nobody knows what it is. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it just the main thing is like what you were saying. Like we we said, everything got better from the self-titled to Jalapeno. Um, I think changed again here. Like they went back <laughs> to like not being as as effective as that record. There's no ska leanings this time at all. No. There's no sort of Bay Area skate punk sound. It's all pretty no. straight ahead pop leaning punk slash rock um and the vocals are so different as you said like that sort of sneering rougher rancid style that i loved that he developed on jalapeno is completely gone and not only is it kind of like that breathy pop rock vocals that i'm not into but it's like he's flat a lot which again i don't get it like maybe if this was their first record but i'm not sure what happened in the production that that was the case um and as we said, like, okay, so yeah, Dennis from Social Distortion produced it, but this is only one of two records that he produced. The only other one he did is this uh, band, the Deluxe Tone Rockets, who I've never mm-hmm. heard of. Um, so he maybe didn't have a ton of production experience, but also, like, tragically, he died that same year. Like, he died before this even came out. Um, so that is sad. So maybe that, maybe he didn't get to finish everything. I don't know. Uh, it was recorded at the Casbah in California and at Air Room Studios in Anaheim. It was engineered by Brian Toklin and Albert Mendoza, mixed by Bob Salcedo, mastered by Gavin Lesson. These are not names that we've heard at all this season. Yeah. And usually with like, you know, the engineering technical folks, we've heard of some of them. Um, so, I, yeah, I just don't, I don't know how this came to be. I, you know, I, I think some of these songs could be a lot better if they were more polished and recorded better maybe fleshed out a bit more, um, you know, a few more interesting production choices or texture elements, but there aren't many surprising elements on this album, songwriting wise or production wise. So if it's a song that's already like kind of okay, there's nothing that sort of puts it over the top. Like a lot of those fun little different textures we called out with jalapeno Um, and couldn't find the lyrics anywhere. So discussion of the themes might be a little, uh, not as in-depth as usual, perhaps, or our analysis may not be spot on because we're just hearing what we can. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a lot of a lot of context for a curious record. Um, but that's that's kind of all I have to say. Should we? Um, I just wanted to, I feel like people would, uh, 
give us a little shit if we didn't. Uh, the Deluxe Tone Rockets was a, a tooth and nail band. Okay. Um, and they were sort of part of the swing revival uh, okay. um, movement. And um, I I don't think they they really lasted uh yeah they had a they had a song on a on the happy christmas volume two but they okay. they were not a they were not long for the world sure that sounds vaguely familiar now that you say it but uh yes yeah, sorry for all those deluxe town heads out there i was not uh <laughs> not looped those, in on that uh, those deluxe tone rock heads yeah that's what i assume they're called um well let's start it off with a song that i think is good okay. uh corporate cover-up my number one me too i actually really like this song i think it's a good song um i i still feel like it's uh it's i feel like it, it would fit on like the first record the first record it's more aligned with that sound and maybe yeah. i'll take that because i'm looking for anything that sounds like value pack yeah. um and those moments are few and far between if this was on jalapeno it would not make my top three no. um but it sounds, even if it sounds like a different band in some ways, it sounds enough like the sort of evolution of them. Like I can trace this back to their first record where I'm like, okay, well, they're trying something else, but it's the same band. That's not the case with too many of the songs on this album. Um, no. And the vocals sound really different. He sounds more like he sounded on the first record again. Yeah. Um, I think this would sound so much cooler if he was like, was so far away, you know what yeah, I mean? Like exactly. more of that style. So I don't, I don't get that. Maybe well, he was told to sing cleaner. I don't know. I think this is what they were trying to do. I think right. that they were, this was the year 2000 bands yeah. like slick shoes. And then a little bit later MXPX with before everything. And after early 2000s, people were trying to be like, sure. okay, so punk rock, if you're going to succeed, you need to put a little, not so much stink on it. You got to put a little sheen on it. Right. So they were trying to go, I'm assuming they're trying to go radio friendly, go a little right. bit more, still get a little bit of that punk rock edge in the, right. in there, but they're trying to glossing it up. And this, um, yeah, that obviously didn't, didn't, didn't do the trick. 
Right. It rarely works when people, when bands attempt that. Yeah. Um, if you but, start off, if this was their first record and this is how they started, but it's mm-hmm. just such a diversion from the, their roots Yeah. to like, it's just, it's, I, I'm just genuinely confused as to the evolution of this record other than yeah. like being like, let's get as let's try and write as as mainstream as possible right and if that's the explanation then i guess i can understand that that's what that that's what they had in mind but the idea that this is what they thought was the mainstream like would be like what they thought that this would be successful these types of songs and this sort of production and this Right. The sort of the the vocal affectations that right. we're gonna hear in some songs that to me are just hard to listen to. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, usually with the sort of let's do a more glossy trajectory that's paired with like very clean and big production. And this yes. sounds worse than their previous record, um, recorded by a guy from a band not known for um clean kind of clean (laughs) music yeah so curious um having said that really like the song third value pack album in a row where the first song is my number one i think they do a great job at kicking off albums with energy and they're they are genuinely or, or generally a band that uh knows good melodies and i think that's on display here i really like the background vocals in the chorus with the like so far away that's really cool that sort of reminds me of value pack um there's some cool bass moments on this one too it's it's in the lead up to the chorus yeah yeah there's at least some interesting bass stuff happening here as opposed to most of the album where you don't really notice it um but yeah i think it's i think it's a fun driving punk song i like the energy um as far as I can tell with the lyrics, I think he's sort of, you know, it's about a relationship that went bad. I think sort of comparing the damage done there to like a corporate cover up, like how they would sort of cover up damage. That's sort of the idea I'm getting. But again, I don't totally know. <laughs> Sweeping things under the rug or trying right, to right, right. hide hide the evidence or something. I don't know. Yeah, which is kind of a cool uh, it, notion. It's, it's a cool idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I really wish... I was Googling like hell trying to find lyrics <laughs> yeah, for any there, of this. No. They, are, they are not out there for this classic release, <laughs> this much sought after classic release. Yeah. Um, let us know if you've got the lyrics. <laughs> let us know if you think this is a much sought after classic release. Um, showdown. Complications have been raised. I can see it in your eyes Will you still be my friend? Will it constitute the end? Now you think you've got me all figured out Justify all the answers to all your doubts You'll paint a picture of me and hang it in your room For all the world to see You know it's coming down with you You'll fall to pieces and you'll try to take me too Even we can't bow I'm calling you out 
this would be my number two. Me too. Yep. I like that we're aligned when you throw out your <laughs> top three altogether. <laughs> um, yeah, this is when that my first listen through, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, when he's like, complications in my mind. I'm like, yeah, this is like, not how you have sounded at all. No, it's like, he's like trying to be sexy or something. I don't like that's that's kind of what I hear is like it's like it's just like ooh are you I, I see like a dude wearing like leather pants I see like a Scott <laughs> Stapp on stage trying to be like yes Scott Stapp did come to mind a couple times because I'm like what is it that they're going for here and I'm like maybe yeah. it's Creed like Creed adjacent which is a bummer maybe um, but, there is a song coming up yes that's, there is Desk. But, butt rock adjacent. Yes, I put butt rock in my notes. Um, <laughs> no, this is what I. This is when I imagine the guy from the band uh, in School of Rock, where he's like just wearing the sleeves and has like the yeah. tattoo on his chest, like exactly. sort of writhing around that <laughs> yes. kind of guy. Yes, now, exactly. My first listen through, I was like, I don't know, but then the second time, I was like, this is kind of fun. Like, I kind of dig that. He, it almost sounds like the Misfits or something. He sounds like Danziggy. Um, so he sounds like a different singer. Having said that, I do, I think it's pretty cool. Like the chorus is really catchy. Um, again, they have those nice background vocals going in the chorus with help, which helps. And he sounds more like himself again in the chorus. It's really only the verses when he's doing this, but I kind of <laughs> dig that also. I think it's kind of cool. I don't yeah. Know. He, he, um, he puts a little, he puts a little grit on his voice in the chorus. Yes. He's like, I'm calling you. Right. He puts yeah, a little like bit more. on there, but yeah. then he's like, let's get back to the sexy times. <laughs> right. Now, as I was saying in verse one, um, but uh, he, he started, he started sounding a little bowy there yeah he did there's some bowie in this little... when i was just uh saying that it reminded me of um michael bolton in uh the lonely island song where he's like now back to the good part <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> anyway, that's kind of how i feel like he is like let's get back to this um but um <laughs> you love the you love the breathiness well, that's a different cut. The breathiness I don't like is the like, when we were doing this, but this is more like, I'm kind of a scary rock guy. Um, <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> it was very scary. Um, but I don't know. I, I I like it. And I like that, dun, dun, like that, that chord progression. I think that's cool. There's yeah, a decent the, guitar solo later. Yeah. There's the, there's a part. I like that. I like that yeah, little cool. that little part there. Right. But the 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 sort of theater of his vocals right. is it's, it makes it tough. Yeah, it makes it a little cringy at times. Um lyrically, again, I, I think another relationship that went bad, maybe. Uh talking a lot about evil deeds. <laughs> um I don't know exactly. He says like he talks about selling out the one who gave you life. And I was like, I thought this was about relationships. Is this God? Are you talking about God? <laughs> um, are you talking about somebody's mom? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I he's think, like, did he, did he lose his mom between? Oh, I feel that like could be. Okay. I feel like I read that he lost his mom between Jalapeno and this record. Okay. So perhaps it's like a family dynamic thing. He's like, you'll fall to pieces and you'll try to take me too. I'm calling you out be a man and take some of the blame. So I'm like, it's obviously 
I don't know. I, I have maybe this, it's a band member situation. I think it might be a band member situation. I feel like there's a couple songs that sort of allude to perhaps former band members and where they may have parted. That's obviously all just theorizing, but I think that's what's going down. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's pretty um, fun overall. Hey, John, shut up. Hey. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Shut I, I don't care. I don't about, want to hear about your I, day. I don't Andrew. want to hear about your day. Shut up. Okay. We're listening to listen to Phil Cheyenne here. <laughs> Maybe do another take there, guys. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I just truly I don't get the vocals, especially. I'm like, did they that whole the whole thing was flat? It was flat. And the harmonies flat. come in and they're flat. Like yes. I just don't I don't understand. Uh, there must be some explanation, but like put some vocal effect that makes it rougher so we don't notice or get some better monitors happening. <laughs> I don't know, but Seems like the kind of thing that at this point in their sort of band career could have been caught. Um, some of these like 50s kind of melodies and harmonies, like some of their stuff, uh, I think work okay, but it's not at the same level of those other songs. Um, there's definitely kind of a social D sound. That was, that was, the the, this, this is the yeah. first social D yeah. adjacent song. Right. The story of my life. <laughs> it sounds like he's gonna do that any minute. Um, not, so, yeah, enough, I, not enough nasal right on there. Exactly. Um, the bridge is kind of cool. Um, and then there is the shut up, shut up that you were referencing. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, pitchy yep. um yeah i don't know it, it fine um an interesting one here lyrically talking about cheyenne who i assume is a, a lady but uh i was assuming he was talking about wyoming the whole time uh, could be loves wyoming <laughs> but then it's like only god can show me when i'm right only god can hear me when i cry um 
And then it's like, shut up, shut up. I don't want to hear about your day. I don't want to know your name. Yeah. But I'm like, but he knows it's Cheyenne. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm a little confused. I think it's another kind of, he's down and out about a, about a relationship situation. So yeah. Anyway. Do we need to listen to this next song? <laughs> this is the first one that, that truly sucks. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, bad, bad me. Mm, bad, bad song. I told the story. It's impossible. I know I was wrong, but it's everything I was fighting for. Yeah. I am sorry. I don't mean no harm. But I can't explain the evil ways of my heart anymore. We need to do any more of that. Oh man, it's tears, tears falling out of his goddamn face, bro. <laughs> yeah, the same thought. Um, this sounds like a, a band that like Homestar Runner would have as like a joke band or something. <laughs> it's impossible. Just like I thought it was like a joke at first. You know, they have some of their songs where it like starts out and you're like, what's happening? And then it like breaks into a completely different style. Uh, but it never does that. <laughs> it stays in this very weird. I, I don't know what happens. This is. It also happens to be the longest song on the record. It's so long, um, <laughs> too long. I don't know what this is. It's certainly not punk. Uh, this is where I wrote. It's, it's butt, butt rock. rock vibe. Yeah, this butt is, rock vibes. This is Creed butt yeah. rock year yeah. two thousand adjacent. Yeah, like. You're trying to be either Scott Stapp or James Hetfield or the lead right. singer of literally, you know, puddle of stained mud, you know, like, <laughs> you know, what, whatever. It's just like, this is not Ryan's voice. Right. Which is yeah. why it sounds not great because it just, it's not, it doesn't sound like his natural voice. It's just, right. it's, it's strained. It, it sounds like there's effort being put into it. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. This is the same guy who's saying like nothing on Jalapeno, you know, like, yeah, uh, it's so weird. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, if you want to do this, like start a new band and don't call it value back. That's my takeaway. Yeah. Um, even the guitar solo that comes like kind of sounds out of key. <laughs> like it's just, it is a straight up bummer. Yeah, all the way around. Um, lyrics also. like again i appreciate that these guys i'm guessing that they didn't have a lot of time or money to make this thing happen i don't know why but that sucks i mean (laughs) i don't understand um lyrically i can't explain the evil ways of my heart i don't even know where i belong in this world anymore (laughs) you know it's a little it's on the nose he says mommy daddy did i let you know or did i let you down I've been forgiven and I've been forsaken. He loves talking about being <laughs> forsaken. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yes. 
He's a bad, bad boy. Ooh. <laughs> give him fuel, um, give him fire. Give me that one. Um, yep. I, so listen to that song instead of this sounds song. Sounds like a better plan. All right. Uh, anyway. Bad, bad me is a bad, bad song. Let's yep. move on to Heart of Stone. What do you say? You and me go. Another social D adjacent, yeah, song, uh, jangly kind of right acoustic guitar sounds. Um, there's so much reverb on everything. There's, yeah, a lot. Which again, I'm just like, did you have to do this live? Like, I, I, yeah, I just don't understand. Um, but like, it's this is it was a choice. All of this so. was, was a choice that they were. I. Yeah, maybe they I'm, didn't have I'm, the choice to do more I'm, than one take. I don't know. I'm befuddled. I'm befuddled. Um, I kind of dig the vibe of this one in the sense that it's like sort of in that '50s style of some of their songs that I like, um, but it never really shifts to the next gear. No. And again, like the vocal delivery from the start just kind of puts me off. Um, there are a handful of songs on this record that I feel like have have potential. Yes, that, for sure. That I'm like. They're doing something is being interesting is being done and the execution is what blows it for me. Agreed. I have that note on a few songs. I think this could be one that could at least be like, you know, kind of a cool vibe for a song. Um, But not a value pack song. Not a value pack. This is not, this is not a value. This does not feel like a value pack album. This feels like a wholly separate band that Ryan should have been like, this is right, my new thing. Valley Pack is done. Let's yeah. call it quits. I'm going to start something else. And evidently, he did start another band okay. um, that I could not. Somebody had communicated to me. I and I I'm, don't remember where it was, but uh, he started a band, um, and it was a. Uh, um, they had a MySpace page. And okay. the music and the, all the information is no longer, yeah, up there. I I know he's got solo records and stuff, but it's very hard to find. He's hard to find online in yep. any way. So, yep. um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's okay. There's um, kind of like a slowed down section toward the end that sort of reminds me of "Do Your Feet Hurt." So I guess that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, fine. Do your feet hurt? Were you forsaken? <laughs> I know that been... you were forsaken. 
Because you've been forsaking through my mind all day. <laughs> um, that's the way it goes. This is a story about my Midori and me went to sleep. Horseman for Beside me, always standing by me The voices are staring me Sorry, but it's true That I hate Curious line there. She lost her virginity due to insanity. Now he is free. Which I'm like, the first listen through, I was like, so she was insane, so she lost her virginity, but I'm like, now he is free? Is it saying like the guy who he she lost her virginity to got out from jail because of an insanity plea? <laughs> like is, is that what we're hearing? Because that makes slightly more sense. I don't know, but uh yeah, that's the one lyric that I wrote down to. There's a lot going on here. There's mommies crying, or there's babies crying for their mommies. Seems to be sort of like a tragic tale of like just misfortunate things happening to these characters. Um, I don't know. Pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe another social D adjacent style here, kind of like that, you know, sort of 50s tragic song again, I guess. Um, yeah. But. I was looking into old school tooth and nail group. Mm -hmm. So um, take this for what it's worth, but uh, this will give a little maybe context to maybe why Ryan maybe is a little bit harder to find than mm -hmm. it says from this guy on uh, the old school tooth and nail group. This is, from a while ago um this is my 20 year old memory going back to a conversation i had with ryan at cornerstone but i know their time on tooth nail bc didn't end well as i remember they were cut for not fulfilling their touring requirement of their contract hmm. they had not been touring due to mom's ryan being sick and i believe dying hmm. uh, when speaking to ryan he wasn't even sure they were going to be able to release incognito with the name value pack that tooth hmm. nail was going to block it I'm pretty sure corporate cover-up is about tooth and nail. In the end, I believe he was another person that was hurt by the Christian music industry and became bitter and jaded by it, which is unfortunate in many ways because Value Pack is my absolute favorite band. Uh, highlight of that cornerstone year was Ryan pulling me on stage to sing Loner with the band. That's of cool. course, the low point was when they shut the set down because too many people were on the stage. Man, that's sad for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, it's a bummer to hear and it makes some of these songs make a little more sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can imagine having, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Tooth and nail complicated history sometimes with artists. Uh, but I can imagine having your mom die in the middle of right. obligations would be really tough. Um, so yeah, it's a bummer. I hope he is <clears throat> doing something that makes him happy these days. Yes, me too. Sorry for not liking your record. Yes, sir. But uh, going 
from that to Poncho. You want to be a rock star drummer. You want to be a priest down under. You want to be the population of Sodom. I have some shocking news for you. This is your number three. This is my number three. Yeah. Um, many problems. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the vocals are particularly tough on this song. Very tough. Like just very flat. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I really think this is one of those songs that could be really good with a different vocal approach with some different production. Um, I, that guitar line that comes in at the beginning, the like, nee, 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 yeah. I think that rules. Um, and there's a little bit of a return to that in a solo later. I think the chorus is really catchy. The like, all right. Um, I like the background vocals a lot. Um, you know, the lyrics are also <laughs> kind of tough. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're very on the nose. Uh you want to be the population of some dumb European nation. I'm like, what are we, what are we talking about here? <laughs> um, he wants to go and sit and talk about the girls we hate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about the pits of sin. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, the general idea of the, like, let's jump into that wildcat and let's ride all night. I think that's really cool. I think that's fun. Um, this is the one that I kind of wondered, was this about the original drummer and there was some sort of like falling out because he's like, you want to be a rock star drummer. And it's kind of accusing this person of all these things the whole time. But perhaps it's more about sort of the general experience uh, with Tooth and Nail, maybe, uh, given what you read. I don't know. Um, but I do, you know, I love a, let's just get in the car and drive and just like, let's go all night. I love that general vibe. Um, and even though, it's my number three on an album I don't love. I think there are a lot of cool elements to it. Like it's, there's a part toward the end where instruments drop out and it's just the different vocal parts. Things I think it could be really cool if it was pulled off better. Uh, yeah, I just think with better production, this, yeah, this song might be really good. I think this is great. Pretty good. I think um I think starting out with the bass was a bad idea. Yeah. And if I it's gonna I, be just sort of naked vocals, it has to sound better than that. Yeah. I think if he I think if he started out maybe to the tune of of a of the guitar versus yeah. the bass. Yeah, that that'd probably be a better fit for this kind of song. Yeah. 
Yeah, another curious choice. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't do know. It's 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 also one of the longer songs on the album. It's the third longest. Yeah, um, I don't mind it as much this time, but um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'll call maybe I'll call an audible and because I don't I have. Mean, a, I, I think it's cool. I think that's fun. Yeah, I just, I have a hard time. Like, it's such a, it's, I mean, obviously this is a 21-year-old record at this point, but like, it's a, it's so cliche. Yes, it's it such really a cliche, is. like, want to like have the money and the cars. You right. want to be, yeah. I'm, yeah, it's it's fine. I'll maybe I'll call an audible. We'll see. But uh, well, I, there's a, it, yeah, there's a there's a song, a couple songs from now that I thought would probably be your number three, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll see. Uh, Stony Plains. Me Talk about affectations on the voice. Down by the creek. Lake. The leaves are falling, the birds are all calling, and I can't be seen. Yeah, I can't be seen. A thought runs through my head with all of my sorrow, no hope for tomorrow. I wish I were dead. I'm like the mice, run for my life with nowhere to run or hide. Why can't I be? Down by the creek Me Down by the creek The sky is falling And demons are calling to me In my sleep Alone Under my bed It makes me wonder How all of my blood So I think this song has some interesting things going on yeah, for sure. Uh, the vocals kill me. <laughs> I don't know what what he's doing reminds me of something, and I can't place it. Um, but like, it's not it's not necessarily bad if it was like it's completely its own thing. But again, in the context of Value Pack and the kinds of other songs I've done, and the vocals, it just is like completely out of left field, and like you can't take it seriously. Yeah. Um, Mike Knott plays acoustic guitar in this one. It's really cool. So I yes. don't know if he's like trying to do a Mike Knott kind of vocal, maybe that kind of vibe. Um, but there's way too much affectation on it. I don't know what he's doing. Um, Down but, by the creek. creek. Yeah. And again, there's like, there's room for that kind of song delivery, but it's weird in context with their other stuff. I think yeah. the melody is cool. I, I like this little song. Um, yeah. This is this is one of those things where I'm like this, there's some interesting things going on here. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> the delivery of it just takes me out of yeah. the enjoyment because it's just like, this is, this is goofy. Yeah. Yeah. I had a cool idea for a song and a cool vibe, but it just isn't pulled off totally. And Melodies I think it does, are cool. It, yeah. It's just like, I think one of the things that is striking me about a lot of this is that so much of this album seems inauthentic. Yeah. Right. Yep. I think that's a fair, 
it's like he's assessment. trying to put on like a, a particular yeah. costume right like yeah. this is this is what a, a rock star sounds like this is what a rock star does he he goes yeah right exactly this song kind of reminds me of not really in terms of how it actually sounds but just the idea of it of like son of a gun from tumble down where it's like oh sure we're gonna have this little cool acoustic number that sounds different from other stuff and it has a cool melody and we're gonna get sort of a you know other folky person to help us with it but like maybe that's what he should have done is just have mike not sing or something because <laughs> it's like you know mike has another vocalist help him out on that song and it sort of makes it feel more authentic because it's sort of a different vibe that he yeah if mike not sang the like the second verse or something right that would be cool uh yeah. here it just kind of sounds like yeah he's playing dress up um i like the little la 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 background vocals i think that's fun um the prairie dogs cry when the wind hits their eyes And I doubt that they'll ever survive Wish I could be down by that creek So you see I'm a lost soul Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could hear that song done right, you know. Yes. Um, lyrically, you know. He's in a bad place. He's down and out. He, yeah. he wishes he could be down by the creek. <laughs> yeah. Good, good times down by the creek. Down by the what? Creek. <laughs> what does that remind me of, man? Creek. Uh, down by the creek. It reminds me of like a completely different kind of band that I like, but I can't like place anyway. It's almost like a... Is it? Is it live? Is that like... Maybe. I think, it's definitely think... live adjacent, yeah. I don't know. There's just, there's so much drama put on yes. like a lot of these vocals. Right. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what he's going for. And, and you create is kind of that post grunge thing. So I guess that's yeah. the vibe, but. I'm uh, thinking like, like throwing copper, you know, like age right. of, uh, right. of like sort of, I don't know, whatever. Alone in your room <laughs> where you swim away. That kind of thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Leave you there. by Anyway. Yeah, I guess that is what he's doing. Death balls yeah. to the floor. Let's do a live season. Ooh, that record wouldn't... rules. Yeah, uh, I think I have some. Uh, do I have some? I have some. Uh, yeah, I have some throwing copper. Throwing this is a podcast great. now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Throwing, throwing podcasts. Throwing. <laughs> Pod, Podper. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Uh, don't let go. To make you cry Never meant to let you down Didn't mean to make you sad I wanted you to wear my crown Can you let your feelings go? Can you let your feelings show?
is the one that I thought this might, might be might be my number three. I mean, because Russell Castillo from Dogwood, yes, is the drummer. You can tell that because the drums rule on this song. Yep. What this song lacks, though, I just in my mind I hear so many harmonies going on in the background. Yes. Yeah, this song is that. perfectly layered and and like the stage has been set for harmonies all over. Yep. And and there's just it's you know. Um, I'm just ready for it. My body is prepared to find them. And I agree. Uh, I think I think mainly the reason this song is good is because Russell Castillo is playing drums yes. on it. It's a pretty boring song apart from that. I mean, it's yeah. it's fine, but I think the drums are the best part of it. And it's like, oh, we haven't heard this guy in a while. He, you know, famously perhaps the most uh, musically accomplished member of Dogwood. And to hear like those drums played on this album is like, whoa, I feel like you're like woken up all of a sudden and you're like, yeah, oh, it's pretty obvious that it's like a different drummer and it sounds better than any other song. <laughs> uh, I'm, not to like be too harsh, but you know, that's, I'd, he is one of the better drummers from this whole scene. So I don't think it's uh, saying anything untrue. Um, Suck it, Chuck. That's right. Um, there's like a breakdown to fast drums uh, toward the end. And then like some background vocals. Uh, I think it's like, 155. Could we hear that part yeah. that I like a lot? I mean, I mean, he just sounds great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll say this is my number three. I'll, okay. I'll do it. I'll make it a fish. It's very, I mean, it's my number four, just barely. Um, yeah. But uh, I wonder if they needed someone who could play this fast for this song or how that worked. Like, or he was like, I can do one song for you guys. And this was the one they chose. Um, whatever the process was, I wish there were more songs that sounded like this, yeah. more centered on fast drums, like, you know, punk songs <laughs> on this album. Uh, you mean a punk nice. album you'd want? Yeah, for a punk band. Um, but yeah, Wanna I just got... be a punk rock drummer. <laughs> got a little taste of what it may have sounded like if he yeah, had been Russell a part of this band. Be your drummer. <laughs> um, and it sounds pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, as we were saying, the song itself still not really doing that much for me. Um, no. But uh, there is know, not there's not a lot that's doing much of anything for me. Like <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I mean, it's, this was, this to me is like a demo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where that, it's like, that, that really is what it feels like. Here's what we we're working on. Where, where do you think we can take some of these songs right. up a notch? If this was a demo, it would make total sense. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, there's a lot of good bones here. Yeah. Um, we'll improve on it. Um, yeah, that's it. Scrap bad bad me. <laughs> yes, <will. laughs> Scrap another song that's coming later. Yeah. In my opinion. Um lyrically, I don't know. He's sorry about the way things are went in a relationship. He also says all I wanted was your soul. Yeah. <laughs> which is a little weird. That's a, <laughs> um, a line. So is it again a romantic relationship or was he like Jesus? trying to convert someone? Yeah, maybe Jesus is talking to somebody. He's uh, running down the street, shouting at all the soulless people. <laughs> right, could be blank faces. Blank. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I feel like we're guessing with a lot of this because I'm like, as much well, we as I can 
hear it. So I'm not like gonna type out everything I can hear and pour over them. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, no, that's uh, especially for this record. You know, yeah, it's good. Like, put so much effort into this record that nobody's heard and nobody really likes. Is this the most? effort anyone's ever put into analyzing this album it could be yes absolutely <laughs> um uh talking prodigal bro hmm. everywhere i turn it's wrong I know oh boy it's just not right. down by the creek i want to see sounds like a commercial at applebee's <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Prodigal son, this is a Bible verse. Lots to unpack here. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like the beginning of the song sounds like a joke or a parody or something, but like yeah. maybe that's the way it's supposed to be because this is one that then like goes really fast into like a, a punker sound. Um, so I don't know, it, you know, talking about going to hell for somebody. Yeah, I, I can't take the blame for you. I would if I only could. And I could die in hell with you. Just give me one more chance. So I was like, okay, is it a broken relationship with like a family member? Um, or is it, or is he just maybe concerned that this person is going to hell? Um, it's like, I can't save your soul. What about now? It's not too late. Like, is it not too late to accept Jesus or to like forgive or be forgiven in this uh, relationship? I don't know. Um but clearly referencing something that happened and putting it sort of onto the lens of the prodigal son yeah. story, which makes me think it is some sort of family relationship. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, It'd be a lot easier if we had the lyrics. Right. I could die in hell with you. Just give me one more chance. This is very, is very dramatic. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, it's also sort of like a kind of like a sick burn. It's being, right. it's like, it sort of like maybe sounds being like, you know, I would, uh, I would even go so far as to, you know, going to hell with you where you're definitely going. <laughs> right. Yeah. That is, that is the sense. <laughs> yep. I mean, he's like, I can't save your soul. So he's like taking it as a given, which is again, like, is why you're I'm definitely like... going to hell, but I love you so much. I'll go with you to hell because <laughs> right. you're going yeah. to hell. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Weird one. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay melody i guess at times but 
too long pretty boring Eh. yeah it is the second longest song it is kind of boring it is not as bad as the next song though in my opinion (laughs) princess oh boy get your lighters out this is a song by extreme (laughs) you're so right When I look into your eyes, time goes passing by, knowing I could die. And I know in the morning you'll be there. In what reality is this not like an 80s ballad? I don't get it at all. We belong in each other's arms. And I pray. That tomorrow will be today So I feel that I want you more and more This song was written in the year 2000 <laughs> Love is real when yeah. I feel you by my side So please be waiting there for My first thought when I was listening was like, so kiss me. It's kind of like a suspense <laughs> vibe a little bit, but worse. Yeah. But now that you say extreme, all I can hear is like, more than what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what this is. Like if you're trying for Creed, I, I get that. But this song, what, what are you trying for here? I, I don't know what this is. It doesn't um, sound like it was written in this decade. No, I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I keep saying that, but I'm just like, <laughs> I don't get who this is for, who likes this. Maybe it is like 80s sort of ballad hair rock. That's that's the vibe, I guess. But like this, it's it. it not only does it not make sense for like value pack, it doesn't make sense <laughs> on this record. Right. Yeah, totally. It's in, even as eclectic as this record is, it's so wild. <laughs> wildly out of place it's very strange it's not value pack and even if it's a different band trying this it doesn't sound good so it's not pulled off on a production level like i don't know if it's maybe the melody listen to a lot of different styles of music (laughs) i not only would i not listen to this as a value pack song i just wouldn't listen to this as a song oh no like at, at all like if one of my favorite bands put out this song, I'd be like, "Fuck this song! This is not, yeah, not what my is vibe. This, this is the and like the tambourine and everything, yeah. and like the little little flourishes on the on the acoustic guitar. I'm just like, what is this? This this yeah. is like this sounds like boomer rock. It really does. I I kept waiting for it to like break into a punk sound or something and be like, oh, that was just a we were just goofing and now here's the real vibe but nope um you know like even you know even on like bunker's lullaby the <laughs> right. slow song it's like there's some they're doing something interesting there before right. they like start shredding yeah can you imagine the song in the middle of jalapeno i mean that would be <laughs> truly no. bananas um, um boner killer <laughs> like yeah i just maybe the melody is it bad for what it is but just how they do it it doesn't work. I mean, they're like, when I look into your eyes, like, can anybody <laughs> take that seriously? Um, having said that, you know, lyrically, it's, 
<laughs> What's your story? I'll be gone Cause I waited here so long But there's nothing Nothing Again, like the melody, I don't mind that But it's just not What this song makes of that Is not what this should be mm-hmm. uh, But, you know, I, I kind of hate to bag on it Because it's like the one song That's like a nice love song Clearly about I assume like a wife or like a spouse or something, but, or significant other, but like, just again, the lyrics feel a little on the nose. It's like very like mushy, sort of like, I can't believe I wake up next to just like the most obvious stuff. I don't know, whatever. Sorry, Ryan. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just listening, listening to the record in its entirety. I just found it exhausting. Yeah. We got a few more songs too. I know. Well, we, this, we can blow through this. This well, this next song. I'm kind of into this next one. I'm into this next song in the. This is again one of those songs that, like, in the context of like what they're do, trying to do. Right. The in, the thing that they're trying to do is interesting. Yeah. And. But okay, the song's called "Dear God." Dear God, I hope you got the letter. <laughs> Dear God, why must he kill me? Young man up on the hillside Have I sinned? What have I done to you? You pierced my heart It felt no shame from weeping My eyes are dim From all my tears And I'll go the way To the place of now return And I'll burn If I stayed Would you take away this pain So it goes on to how he f- feels like uh, he's done what he's he's done, I guess, the best he can or or he's tried to live the right life. And he feels like God has he's tried like, to shout out every stranger in the street with their blank souls that he can. Yeah. <laughs> and he feels like he's got nothing out of it or something like that, uh, which is a very curious song coming from all the previous songs before it talking about like. Yeah. You know, you're a sinner and you went insane because you had sex and, you know, you're, you know, only Jesus can, whatever. It's, it's a, it's a, so I feel like there's something interesting happening in this song lyrically that I'm very connected to. Yeah. And it's a a very social distortion song. Mm. Take away my brain. (laughs) Not yeah. only that, but the sound of silence. Right. This is the one that I kept thinking. <laughs> and the walls of the prophets are written on the subway walls and tenement halls. Like it falls, it follows that exactly. Yeah, it does. Uh, which is funny. 
but you know what that's a great song yeah i i I don't know i mean i'm this is another one that's like very much the bones of a really cool song right here i think interesting melody interesting idea you know starting out with just like the toms and the feedback and then building i think is cool yes um but it's kind of a boring execution of the idea (laughs) and again that vocal affectation is just a bummer so that doesn't help anything um and I like, yeah, like you're saying, what he's sort of wrestling with. It feels, everything about this feels different from Value Pack. Um, but again, for what they're trying, I think it's cool. Um, it's kind of like a prayer or a lament, which I sort of appreciate. Um, you know, he writes a lot of songs about being in a tough spot, but this is the first one where he's sort of like blaming God <laughs> or yes. asking God if he did something to God or why God hates him. Yes. Um, and that's why he's the, in the pain that he's in, which yes. is like, not great theology i would say but also is a lot of the like psalms um and lamentations is people wondering this exact thing so yeah i think it's it's, biblical i think it's fair i think it's you know a uh a wrestling that i think is interesting for someone coming out of this scene um yeah it makes me sad yes it does for him that this is uh because I went through this exact same stuff of feeling yeah. like I was trying to do all the right things for God. And like, right. why wasn't God listening to me? And, yeah. and it's a, it's a very lonely and isolating place, which is why I feel like connected to this song. Yeah. And I feel like, again, there's lots of cool stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, but the Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> comparison just cannot be like, <laughs> like how, you, how do you write that sort of ascending <laughs> Right. like line and be like oh shit no this is the sound of silence i can't let me just <laughs> whoops my bad whoops my bad um yeah and also side note uh if you can you just google the sound of silence like i did just just the sound of silence nothing uh-huh. nothing else i want you to tell me what the top result is <laughs> oh that's a bummer it is, is it also dis- disturbed it is disturbed the sound of silence yeah how do they have song, seo on that over song, seven and, and it says song by disturbed huh and that's then fascinating. you have to, yeah you it's like the first thing is like uh then you scroll down it's like more about like <laughs> the artist disturbed um on their album immortalized and then there's a Simon Garfunkel uh, video and then the only... sound of silence when he performed on Conan and everybody lost their minds as if th- it was like the greatest thing in the world. And I'm like, it really? sounds bad. People <laughs> love, people love that version of the song. And I, oh, think... it's like a metal version of the Simon and Garfunkel song. Yes. Huh? Well... He performed it on Conan weird. and it has this really weird vocal effect on it. Huh? And I think his voice is interesting for the song since he kind of has like this sort of deep and resonating voice. Yeah. But if like, uh, I don't think a, a Simon Garfunkel song needed a, uh, <laughs> needed the, a disturbed uh, take. No, no, that's fascinating. I wonder if it's just because it's like a more recent thing that that's more popular when you search for it but you know it was that's like, like five it was like five years ago though sure it was, i mean that's like one of the best known sort of folk rock songs of all time it's a little odd that disturbed is like i'm gonna put my chin piercings in and get you <laughs> fuck out of first place i don't know um 
yeah, it's a, certainly an interesting one. Uh, more interesting than the next couple. Yeah, she told me. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I like it a little more because it at least sounds like Value Pack. At least like this doesn't sound out of place with like the first album. Um, I feel like if you, I feel like this song is more in line with the first two songs on the on this record. Yes, and I'm more in for that vibe. Like his voice sounds kind of normal again. <laughs> He's not like she told me. <laughs> um, so I don't get why he's just like completely switching it up every time, but whatever. Um, I don't dislike it. Uh, I like the harmonies at the end of the song. Um, yeah. Breakup song. I don't know. Fine. <laughs> kind of fun yeah but uh just kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah um john mm. last song mm. and then we will be free <laughs> the song is called free, free. <laughs> songs of my life until today i didn't want to know what my future had in store now i'm Now I see what it means to be free Cause freedom is what you do with what's been done to you Freedom is what you do with what's been given unto you We've been given a choice, now it's up to you Why can't you see that the answer lies before your eyes Mike Ness. Yeah. I just, wouldn't all these songs be better if he was like, now she's living inside me. You know what I mean? Like, yes, that, it would. It would. Um, not great. I don't know. <laughs> kind it's of a bummer. This is the ending song. I know. Anytime I'm any, when I've listened to this, I'm just like, and it rolls into, I have right after that is a uh, vandals and it rolls into vandals. I was like, Oh, that was the last song. Yeah. It's weird. It I think the, I think Dear God, I mean, I know that's a bummer to end on, but that would be a cool musical ending, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, some bummer uh, theology on this one, too. This is another sort of a, 
it's in God's book, but you don't want to look type song. He's like, mm. why can't you see? Um, and in that sense, it's more like the vibe of their first record. Uh, very simple lyrics. He says, freedom is what you do with what's been done to you. And I'm like, I can't tell if that's profound or like wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think he means like, I think in the context of what he's saying, it's like God gives us the freedom to respond to, you know, Jesus dying for you, quote unquote. Um, and it's up to you if you want to respond to that freedom. But I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, freedom is what you do with what's been done to you. It's like an interesting, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> I mean, I think it, it starts getting problematic the more you start asking about like, okay, well, this was done to me. What about that? Right. You know, what, what, and what sort of freedom are we talking about? Right. Yeah. Curious one, kind of a shrug of an ending for the career of value pack, which is sad. Um, but that's, uh, that's incognito everybody. Uh, yeah. We also didn't even talk about the cover of the record, which also <laughs> sucks. Uh, have you... so I, th- I assume it's the two guys from value pack Yes, that are like in color in this crowd of black and white people, I guess. Yeah, and, I and it's it's yeah. sort of like, like, is that sort of supposed to be tongue in cheek? Be like, hey, look, here are we are We're in the two, the two most obvious people, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like you that you can definitely see, right. not hiding in any way. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. It's got one of those sort of shaded uh, star symbols that everybody had like tattoos of for a period of time in the 90s. It's very retro looking. Kind of a bummer of a font again. <laughs> the incognito itself looks kind of cool. Um, yeah. But just kind of a, a waste of a cover in my yeah, opinion. It's overall a, a not good album cover. Yeah. Well, sorry to end things on a bummer, everybody, but <laughs> fortunately... Yeah, we're going to move into our rankings and our set list, and that'll be a little more fun. Well, John, can we just knock the rankings out real <laughs> yes. fast? Should uh, we say them in unison? <laughs> okay, we'll go with number three. Uh, three, two, one, incognito. incognito. <laughs> uh, three, two, one, self-titled. self-titled. <laughs> three, two, one, jalapeno. Jalapeno. Yeah. Yep. I challenge anyone to disagree with that. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's, I feel like that is a scientific fact at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let us now do a. I'm curious now. I'm gonna stop sharing my screen mm. because uh, I want to follow along with your value pack set list. Sure. Uh, should I start it off? You start it off. Yep. This was a weird one. Um, I'm, I usually try to have more kind of peaks and valleys, you know, um, like really slow song into a fast song, whatever. These mostly just go hard. Um, and I was trying to represent different eras, but what I didn't want to do was just have 10 jalapeno songs, which I could have easily done. Um, but, uh, I was trying to switch it up a little bit. So, um, anyway, I feel like you usually say as a little caveat in case you haven't listened, we try to do at the oh, end right. of a, a series focusing on a band 
a little 10 song set list. If we could pick a set list, which, which ones would we choose? And we're limited to 10 songs. So number one, kicking it off high energy, old school graduation day. Um, that's how we're starting. Uh, going straight into nothing. Uh, perhaps my favorite value pack song, uh, another banger makes good second song. Um, I think in terms of like keeping up the energy, keeping it going, switching up eras, uh, third song, we are the ones changing up the yes. energy from going hard to that ska sound. So you yeah. can, uh, quit throwing bows and start skanking a little, <laughs> um, go from that into don't look back kind of turning up the energy to 11. Uh, I think that would be a fun song live, uh, controversially my next pick corporate cover up. Oh, uh, fascinating. I waffled Contro on this one. Controversy. Controversy. You know, I was like, I want to throw the last era a bone. And I wouldn't mind hearing that song. I really do like that song. As I said, I think it would be fun live. So as kind of a nod to that era, I will include that one. I do like that song. Uh, then Homesick. Uh, mm -hmm. Really fun. Changing back into a different mode. Uh, again, one of my very favorite value pack songs. Um We've got that mode before we slip into the hardcore section, which I yes. always like to include. We've got frat, um, you know, sort of hardcore adjacent. Uh -huh. we're, we're building into that harder edge circle pit, circle pit section, and then Sunday mm -hmm. Christian. Nice, <laughs> another complicated one, but like I mean, fun live for like a little hardcore for mini set. Sure, for sure. Then we go into Preacher Man, which okay. I know may not be in your set, but. Again, switching up to a different kind of, of high energy street punk song. I think that's a good pick for the penultimate song. Uh, and then I kind of struggled with the ending song, but I went with Inch High. Um, I think it's kind of a cool ending song in terms of like, you know, it kind of slows down and it's just got that guitar part on its own. I think that would be a cool sort of final statement uh, of a song for a set. So two songs from Self-Titled, one from Incognito, seven from Jalapeno. <laughs> Still very jalapeno dominated um we have eight out of ten okay wow kind of surprised with this one um i did not have anything from in incognito sure yeah i did not throw any bones i was keeping all of those bones for the, the first two for the pit for the <laughs> exactly um but i started out with nothing yeah um, i went back and forth on that i so i started out with nothing uh, into homesick mm -hmm. and I, I wanted to get, I wanted to keep that energy going from, from the jump. So I got my hardcore section okay. up front. Cool. I like so, it. uh, much to your surprise, preacher man. All right. Into Sunday Christian. Right on. Into frat. That's yeah. We had the same little, little yeah. <laughs> three song section. There. That's yes. cool. Uh, then we go to uh, We Are The Ones. And then this is where we diverge a little bit because I included Happy Star yeah. and Mind Game. Okay. Um, I thought even those those were not in, uh, you know, Preacher Man, uh, Happy Star. I don't think Happy Star was in my... It wasn't. Three. It was in mine. Using your top three, yeah. I don't, I, I so, uh, yeah, neither of those three were in my top threes, but I thought when I think of songs that I'm like, yeah, 
and that either Sunday Sunday Christian too. I don't, was were those in our top threes either? Nope. I don't remember. No. Nope. So we're like, oh, this is. Uh, I'd still want to see it live. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, uh, but then I end with, uh, "Don't look back," and then graduation day. Cool. Yeah, pretty similar. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I. I had Happy Star in my top three, uh, but did not include it here. And then I included songs that were in your top threes that I did not include that here. Was, uh, or, I mean, that I did include. I think that was that was similar to um, uh, Ace Troubleshooter. Yeah, right. And um, I don't know. Did we have that? I think that was the ace troubleshooter because I, yeah, I included uh, um, was it but for grace? I think yeah, was that sounds right. The one that uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. That I included that you didn't, but that was in your top three. Yeah, I really waffled on not including um, Happy Star or Mind Games because I think you're right. They they both were in my set at different points, and I ended up removing them. I think they are songs that fans would want to hear. I think they'd be fun. Um, there's just too many other songs that I like more than them from Jalapeno <laughs> to include them, which is kind of, I know, I know that's, but you got to construct the a, like, a set. Yeah. Um, that being said, I would see any, I would see either of those shows. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, I mean, I missed out on the whole Valley pack thing. So seeing a lot of these Jalapeno songs live would be super fun. Um, yeah. And uh won't happen probably. It will never <laughs> but, happen. Uh, but um same with a lot of the bands that we are discussing this right. season. <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately, um, we still have a chance to see bands like Slick Shoes. Yeah, we do. Um Craig's brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still putting out records. It's but, true. Um yeah, John, that's that leads us to the all important question. Mm. What is next? Do you want to announce who who we're having on next week, John? Yes, uh, very special guest next week. Uh, we're going to have Tyler Huckabee. He is a, a writer uh, for Relevant. He covers a lot of stuff about culture, kind of very familiar with the 90s uh, CCM scene. He has a podcast about superheroes. Uh, I think it'll be a really fun and wide-ranging conversation. Yes, looking forward to that. Uh, seems like a really cool dude. Um, and then after hmm. Tyler, we will be diving in to the discography of Goaty Hook. Goaty um, Hook, bro. Yeah, man. Talk banana about man. that. Uh, talk about that sumo surprise. Talk about that right. banana man. Banana man all over. They will be a very interesting discography to cover. Uh, yes. Short, but but took some some interesting turns along the path. Yeah, you know, and it's one of those bands where a band that like from the outset that you're like, oh, they don't, they're not taking themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot, I have a lot more grace for yeah the goofier moments, right? Um, like you know, like Ukla the punk and <laughs> right, and you know, uh, uh, money and dry run or whatever just like really goofy songs but like yeah uh there are some interesting 
choices of, uh, or it, there are some interesting theological discussions that we can have. For sure. Um, but we will get there. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about them. Um, in the meantime, uh, let us know what you thought about our value pack coverage in general uh, about incognito. You can give us the feedback at magnified pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe to the pod if you haven't yet already and give us a rating or review. We'll read it on the show. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763-8727 magpod. You can support us at patreon.com slash magnified pod. And we want to welcome new Patreon punk, Jason Ariano. <laughs> welcome, Jason. Uh, Jason, one of the OG MagPod listeners. He's been uh, calling in since uh, the very early days. So very glad to have him among the Patreon punks. Uh, if you want to know what we're up to over on the Patreon this week, we're covering Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 soundtrack. We had so much fun going through Pro Skater 1 and the songs from there last week that we're, we're diving into Volume 2. So you can check that out over the Patreon. And you can pick up some merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks to Shadow Producer Jason and Unoriginal Vinyl. And thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios for our artwork. Well, our time in the penalty box is over for this week. We'll be back out on the ice next week when we'll talk to Tyler Huckabee. I told the story It's impossible Possible. I know I was wrong But it's everything I was fighting for yeah. I am sorry I don't mean no harm But I can't explain The evil ways of my heart John, Woof. can you explain the evil Hawaii's <laughs> of your heart? I just can't. I'm too <laughs> evil. You're just you're just such a bad, bad mm, boy. Bad. That's just bad, bad me. That's what bad, I was Bad, bad daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mickey. I'm not. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.